And there we go, everyone. We are back again for another fantastic conversation on Friday Night Counter Attack. We've got two podcasts for you this week. We've got the upcoming Premier League draft battle as well between me, myself, uh, our social media editor, Travis, who's going to be joining us, who's a Spurs fan. We have Lewis from the Cookie Pod joining us later on to share his uh, team as well. And we've got Taps from the Varchek podcast all the way from Canada joining us as well. We are going to have exclusive interview with uh, Zira Hulswit, the PSV Wonder Kid, who's doing bits for the PSV women team out in the Netherlands and getting called up for the Netherlands side as well. So this is what we have going on for our podcast this week because it is the international break. Not many people in Europe care about the international break, so we won't really be talking about uh, many European football teams um, in this podcast. It's all about the Premier League for this one, actually. And we've had to get our friend all the way from uh, North America as well. So Taps from the VAR podcast. How are you doing, my friend? You okay? Yeah, it's been good. This one has been a long time coming. Um, you know, the last one, I, I forgot the last episode we did. So, you know, it's always great to be back um, over here. Winter's nearly done. Arsenal on top. Uh, Atletico, the CPL starting soon. So, you know... Some good things to be happy about, but, you know, I'm here and I'm ready to talk footy. We're ready for it. It's going to be good. It's all about the one topic. And the one topic I thought I'd introduce Travis, um, our social media editor, onto the podcast today. So, uh, Travis, talk to us. Are you excited about this topic that we've got today for you? Well, not for you, but yeah. for us, I would say. Yeah, podcast debut. So, looking forward to it. Uh, been really excited all day. So, yeah, looking to uh, get cracking. I'm expecting a lot from you. You're expecting a lot from you. This is this is where our podcast is going to go from there to there. And hopefully you can bring it to us as well. So I'm not going to say no pressure. There's every bit of pressure under you, Travis. So I'm hoping you can <laughs> deliver yourself properly um, in this in this one as well. But if you've clicked on this episode, you know exactly what we're talking about. We are going to be talking all about our Premier League all-time 11. And we're going to do it in a draft format as well. So for everyone listening, over the past few weeks, we've been doing five-a-side draft formats, but this one's going to be a full episode dedicated to the Premier League's all-time greatest 11. And we're not going to make it as fair as we can be because what we want to do is see how many different people we can name and appreciate in the Premier League's history as well. And it saves listening to someone talk about international football unwillingly um, for an hour. I mean, Taps, you'd probably enjoy talking about Canada and the USA as well, respectively. But for me, talking about England, I'm talking about all the players that are injured and not in the squad or not going to be playing for Gareth Southgate. But what's happening with Canada at the moment um, after the World Cup as well? Um, it's it's going good. Um, so there was this whole lot of issue with um, the fair play and with uh, fair pay, you know, to the, the female football team as well. And they bring in more revenue. And there was also with the jersey sales and Canada was the only team that didn't get like a new um kit to go to the world cup and everything else so it was just a little bit of like unrest as well with the you know with the board over here um but locally it's doing good the mls you know the canadian teams they're doing all right they're starting to pick up wins our local league the cpl is on its i think third season fourth season you know it's improving massively you know atletico ottawa just came back from um, the trip to spain so there's a lot of local um, I would say excitement that's going on with the season starting in a month or so. But international football, it's getting to the point where Canada is now one of those teams where it's, uh, I think they have the, the Nations League, but there's nothing really. So they're trying out new teams, just like the uh, the United States team. So it's just, mm-hmm. it's kind of drab now, which is exciting because that means how the advancement has gone because, you know, the big boys, Alfonso Davies, obviously if they don't need to come, they won't come. But, you know, it's, it's it's good locally here and I'm just waiting, you know, just to resume. I'm literally just waiting for next weekend. 
No, that's really good to hear, man. Because the, the thing is with um, you yourself working with Atletico also as well, Travis may not know, or the listeners may not know as well, is how young the Canadian Premier League really is and how it's looking to develop um, for the 2026 World Cup, where obviously Canada are going to be co-hosts as well, which I'm yeah. really looking forward to seeing. And hopefully with your new place that you've got out there in Ottawa, you'll have a spare room for me to come through. So hopefully Brother, trust me, we have more than enough space. If not, we'll find space. But finding space is good. I've got family in Toronto, I've got family in Chicago, I've, got, I've now got football family in Ottawa as well, which is going to be really good to see. And I'm looking forward to... I've been counting down this this World Cup for ages now, the 2026 one. So it's going to be really fun to see how Canada's new blood come through as well. We've spoken about Davies before, we've spoken about Jonathan David before as well. Tyler Buchanan was a fun player. I enjoyed watching at the World Cup as well. Travis, did you have anyone in particular from rather Canada or the USA that you really enjoyed watching at the World Cup that you think is going to have a good impression over the next couple of years? Uh, I was surprised by how little uh, Giovanni Reina played, if I'm honest with you. That was my biggest sort of disappointment. But I can't say that I watched much of uh, of the USA. Um, Canada, from what I could see, they were um, everyone's sort of uh, favourite team uh, by the looks of yeah. things. They, they played sort of with the heart on their sleeves. And I don't think they managed to get a result in the World Cup in any no. of those three group games. But they certainly did sort of capture everybody's hearts with the way they went about trying to play and trying to attack those teams. And it didn't really matter who they were playing. They were coming at it thinking we can win this game. And it was really refreshing to see. And with Alfonso Davies as well playing in every single position known to man, it was quite fun to see him taking ownership everywhere across the pitch as well, which is crazy. Oh. But uh, Taps, I wanted to ask you as well, before we move on to our main topic today, what is Alfonso Davies' best position for Canada? Because we know he's a, he's a killer at left back for Bayern Munich, but what about for Canada? Where do you want to see him play the most? Um, to be honest, I would say, you know what? It's still a, a smaller footballing nation. Um, it's growing here as well. So, you know what? Alphonse Davies, he has, uh, he's a speedster, you know, roadrunner. He's fast. And, and yes, he can play left wing, but I'm one of those guys that says play them in their best positions because he's honing his skills at Bayern Munich on in the left back and you want to put him in the left wing. So I'll just say, keep him back left back. Um, that's, I think he's his best position, maybe like wing back. That would be the best position, but I don't think they, they don't play that. So they will put him up, uh, put him up, put him up in the, in the wings. So it's just kind of like, I would say put him straight back in the left back. That's his best position. That's where he thrives the most. Um, they have quality too in the wing positions as well. So that's kind of put in somebody like Buchanan who can play on the left, who plays for, um, FC Bruges, he can play there as well. So it's just, I'll say put him left back. I'm, I'm not really about, he, he can do midfield, but uh, I'll just say put him left back. That's his best position, to be honest. Nicely done. Looking forward to seeing what he can bring to us in the Champions League coming up as well. And that's another little announcement we've got as well. So over the next four weeks, it's going to be the start of Ramadan and the end of Ramadan. Uh, so for the next 30 days, we will have four pre-recorded, or five actually pre-recorded content uh, podcasts for everyone to be listening out to as well. So stick around for that. It's all Champions League themed and FA Cup themed. And there's one on the best African ballers um, of all time as well. So that's going to be fun um, uh, fun content that we've got coming up. We'll get that all properly out on our social medias as well, as always. But today I thought, you know what, let's have some fun. Let me have some fun with my friends chatting football um, for, for some time before um, I get to just stay humble and disciplined enough to be fasting all day so i'm going to be taking the both of these to school and lewis when he joins the podcast as well hopefully he'll be our final guest today um on the premier league's all-time draft travis do you think i'll take you to school or do you reckon you'll have a few aces up your sleeve um up your tottenham hotspur sleeves i should say 
my boss won't like to hear this, but I've been working on this all day. I've been mm-hmm. putting a lot of time, effort, and research into uh, my picks. I've tried to go for people who are um, the very top caliber, but I don't think anybody else would have picked them. Tried to go a little bit left field with my choices. There's two, I think, choices in there that are very, very much wild card. Yep. So we'll see if they come out, if um, my primary picks in those positions get chosen. But no, looking forward to this. I think I'm going to um, showcase a little bit of what I know, but let's see. Nicely done. And Taps, obviously, being the Arsenal fan that you are, are we expecting a lot more um, North London legends coming into your side or are we going to have to wait and see to see if you've got any surprises up your sleeve or under your hat as well, Taps? To be honest, it's just only two players that I definitely want to have in my team. But I'm... You know, I'm one of those Premier League. I'm, I'm a, I love, I like all the teams. So, like, I have a favorite player from all the teams. So, like, especially in the history as well. I have some, I have some, I would say, some little wild cards here. So, hopefully nobody picks them. And I think my team, you know, I'm just trying to, like, angle it like a Brighton, you know? Yeah. You know, that's the front. So, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. I mean, Travis here loves Brighton. So, we've got two hipsters, Premier League hipsters on, um, both from North London as well, or North London support teams as well. And now we're going to go all the way to West London, hopefully, when Lewis joins. And then we're going to be talking about our team. So, once Lewis joins, well, I'll get through it. Actually, actually, it's pretty good. So, a few rules um, just for our listeners to know it's going to be a Premier League draft. So, how it's going to work is we're basically going to have one wild card pick each at the beginning. So, our favorite player out of first, I'm going to ask a quiz question. To the three of you um, to see who gets it closest or first as well, or bang on the answer to see who picks first, then second and third, then I will pick fourth. And then how it will then work is we'll go goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, attackers. Uh, for people who haven't heard of our way of drafts before, if someone's picked a player, they can't pick them anymore as well. Um, you have to be going on Premier League form only or English domestic form only. You can't be going for someone like, for example, Samuel Eto, who is really good, a legend at um, Barcelona and Real Madrid Inter Milan respectively but not so great for Everton and Chelsea respectively in my opinion as well and of course we are going to go for um, recognised formations so one of the two of, or two of you suggested a one eight one formation so I'm like if you want to go one eight one, we're not doing it here because it will be unfair for you to pick eight midfielders unless you're Pep Guardiola who sometimes wants to pick every midfielder in the club um, which is good fun as well Right then, so the question I've got for you is, well, we're going to go for we're going to go for appearances. So we're going to go for Premier League appearances. So the, the person that's got the most Premier League appearances at the moment in all time is Gareth Barry, formerly of Aston Villa and West Brom. I want you to guess how close um, his appearances are. So Taps, you go first in terms of all-time appearances. This is the man who's got the most appearances in history in the Premier League. I think it's around... I'm going to go for 820. 820. Travis, you're going to go higher or lower? I'm going lower. I think you've overshot it a bit there, Taps. I, I would have guessed around 670, 680. I could be wrong. That would have been my guess. 670, 680. Okay, Lewis, you've joined us perfect in perfect time. Gareth Barry, do you, what was his total appearances in the Premier League? Taps has gone for around 800 mark. Travis has gone for around 670. Do you reckon it's higher or lower than... Um, uh, 670 what do you think I reckon it's like 702 something like that something like that okay so the answer is Gareth Barry has got 652 appearances in the Premier League in all time as well so Travis you go first uh, 
Then we'll go for a shootout between Lewis and Taps, and then I'll go for So, Travis, you've got your wildcard pick. Um, we'll, we'll go for that in a second. We'll just get these two to get second choice. So, who has the most appearances as a goalkeeper in Premier League history? So, I'm going to give you the two answers so you don't have to guess. We've got Mark Schwarzer and we've got David James. So, Taps, who are you going for? David James or Mark Schwarzer? Uh, David James. Agree or disagree, Lewis? <laughs> I'll disagree. Disagree. Yeah, Taps is right. So it's going to go Tavit, uh, Travis, Taps, Lewis, and then me for our wild card. And then uh, the order going forward, I'll add a little bit because it's going to be fun either way. So Lewis, again, we're going to go for our wild card. So Travis, you're going to go first. Who's going to be your first pick on your wild card? And if anyone has a pen and paper, please write down your, your team just so we all remember as well. I'll write it on our Zoom chat as well so we all remember. Makes it easier for editing. So Travis, talk to us about your wildcard pick and why you've gone for them as your first choice. Oh, um, I didn't really think of a wildcard pick. So any any position, just any of the players that I've got. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go for, in that case, I think I'll choose Gareth Bale. I think he's going to be my, uh, my wildcard pick. That's who I want, I think. Okay, so why are you going to go for Gareth Bale over the other Tottenham legends that have been in the Premier League in, in his history as well? So why is Gareth Bale the one for you? I've just looked very quickly through the list of picks that I've got and the multiple sort of options for each position. And he's the one out of everyone that I would have been um, most disappointed if I didn't get, I think. Okay. Uh, there's a few players in here that I definitely want in certain positions, but... For me, uh, Gareth Bale was the the number one just when I was looking through that list. He was the guy that I, I most wanted in this team. He's just one of my favourite players of all time. There's a little bit of bias in there, obviously, when being a Tottenham fan. Yeah, but, it happens. Um, yeah, exactly. I think he was just phenomenal. I've never watched anybody like him. He was so dynamic and powerful, but he was ridiculously precise with his shooting and passing as well. I just love him. I just absolutely love him. So, yeah, he's my wildcard pick, Gareth Bale. What's your favourite memory of Gareth Bale, objectively, Lewis? What were you going to say, um, Gareth Bale? Because I know you're a big fan of him, obviously, from his Wales days as well, Real Madrid days, LAFC days. But as a Tottenham player, what was your favourite memory from Gareth Bale? God, that's like that's like picking your poison, that. That's mm. <laughs> my favourite Spurs memory. Um, Spoiled for choice there. I'll say, I'll say on the last game of the season, he, he scored a vital goal for Spurs that made that Chelsea qualified for the top four. So mm. that, that's my favourite Gareth Bale memory. I remember thinking at the end of that, because we lost on the last day of the season. And I remember thinking, thank you, Bale, because if you didn't score, we would not be in the top four. So nice one, Gareth. Did it really well there as well, which is good. Uh, Tats, let's go with you. You're second on our wild card pick. So obviously you can't go for the Welsh Wizard and Gareth Bale. We know you're an Arsenal fan as well. Where are we going for your wild card pick? I'm going straight to Mr. 2020, Thierry Henry. If... Somebody, Why is he 2020? Uh, when he scored the 20 goals, 20 assists. Oh my God. I forgot about that. That's poor for me. But no, 20 <laughs> goals, 20 assists. That's all, that's all good. I never got the reference. But no, obviously you're going for someone who I've loved as a Premier League legend and probably one of the best strikers of all time in the Premier League. Would you agree or disagree, Taps? Um, yeah, 100% agree. I mean, he did leave towards the end. So if he played, I would say maybe two years. I know his tenure towards um towards the end with Arsenal was kind of, injury prone but if he still played another two seasons you know he would have been um really really up there but um he made me fall in love with the game like he was just so so effortless you know the cockiness you know he performed um he made his teammates better as well and that whole Arsenal team was was a blessing so but you know Thierry Henry just 
all the teams feared him. Like he was one of those players you're coming up against, you have to make a game plan. And he was dynamic. Thierry, um, I had to. If anyone else took him, I was going to be in. Yeah, he's my captain for my team. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, excellent. Good choice as well. I mean, my favorite memory of Thierry Henry was not against Manchester United because as as a kid, to be fair, I've said this loads of times, but there are certain players that you're just like, wow, you can't do anything about them, even though you hate their team, you hate their guts. But I couldn't hate Thierry Henry, but I love the goal that he scored against uh, Tottenham Hotspur at Highbury. That was a fun Oh, game. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... That one in the Real Madrid one, when the solo one, I was just like... And you see them oh, wow. time to time on social media. So the new generation gets to get reminded of how good Thierry Henry was. And I think he's probably one of the greatest players um, to grace the Premier League in that sense as well, which is good. So nicely done there. You've stolen my number one striker as well. So I'm going to have to go for someone else now as, as my main uh, striker. Lewis, where are we going? Are we going to go tactical with you or are you going to go straight to the heart with Chelsea Football Club? Oh, no. I'm, I'm always from the heart. Okay. And and my first pick, my wild card is Eden Hazard, a man, man that has a massive portion of my heart. In my opinion, he he is the most talented player that's ever played for Chelsea Football Club in terms of raw ability, yeah, yeah. and which is scary because everybody says he was the worst trainer by far. They used to say he used to train with his laces undone. He'd mm. be playing on a like a switch in the changing room while everyone was getting ready to go out. Like if he really wanted to be the best player in the world, I genuinely I really think he could have been. But it's a different story for him. But his Premier League legacy, he is an all-time Premier League great and he is in the conversation with Chelsea's best ever player with Frank Lampard, in my opinion, 100%. And I've just got so many fond memories. He's won Chelsea so many games with teams that just haven't been good enough. And he's dragged us to not only winning matches, but winning cups. So, Dare I say managers that haven't been good enough as well? Yeah, in, yeah, definitely. Um, sorry. Uh, not to name <laughs> yeah. anyone. <laughs> but, sorry, yeah. but yeah, that, that is some of the most boring football I've ever watched in my life. And he You won a Europa League as well. That's how that's how first world of a problem it was for Chelsea at the time, winning oh, the, the Europa League. Oh, Something mate. Man United fans are dreaming of now as well. <laughs> but yeah, Hazard for me, yeah. A, a massive, massive bias pick, but one I'm very willing to fall on my sword with. Nah, excellent choice there as well. Um he wasn't my left winger or attacker that I was going to go for. Um, mine's a tricky one because obviously I'm going to go for, again, Lewis, you know, I don't really wear my shirt on the podcast as well, but I had to wear it to represent Manchester United and Cristiano Ronaldo, who's, uh, before he left Man United, broke the 100 uh, goal mark in the Premier League as well. So he got 100 free goals in the Premier League for Manchester United. I still think he's probably the greatest player to grace the Premier League because he will go down as one of the greatest players ever to have played in the Premier League and to have played football. When he was at Manchester United, being a Ballon d'Or winner with the 42 goals he got in the season as well, the 18 assists, he won three Premier Leagues in a row for Manchester United and he was Sir Alex Ferguson's main man at the club in the height of Sir Alex Ferguson's latter part of his dynasty as well. I, I'm surprised no one's gone for Ronaldo as their wild card just to take him away from me. Um, but I'm glad that you didn't and I'm really appreciative that you didn't as well. Uh, but Travis, I want to kind of know from you as well, being someone from a younger generation than the rest of us respectively, I'm not baiting anyone's age out here as well. What was it like seeing Ronaldo come back for the second time um, and you got to see how he was as like a, a seasoned veteran um, for yourself as well, as opposed to see him as, as a young, tricky, flary winger, as the greatest player that we've seen, probably one of the greatest number nines or strikers we've seen as well. What was it like for you um, as a Tottenham fan? 
Um, it was good until he scored a hat trick against us um, in a game that we definitely 100% should have won, mm. which was really frustrating. But um, but no, he's like you say, that there's nothing you can say about Cristiano Ronaldo that hasn't already been said. He's one of the greatest players to ever grace the game, never mind just the league. And uh, if I'm completely honest with you, when he rejoined the Premier League, um, even though I knew that he would at least initially improve Manchester United, obviously one of our rivals, I didn't mind. It was just nice to see him back in the Premier League, playing for a club that he loves with a set of fans that adore him or did adore him at the time, should I say. Because I feel it went a little bit sour towards the end with with Juventus. I think he was a little bit of a scapegoat for them crashing out of the Champions League and stuff. So to see him come back to a fan base that that adored him and playing his best football to a degree again, uh, scoring a lot of goals, it was pretty cool to see, to be fair. I did quite enjoy it. Nicely done. And did you enjoy his volley at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was under pressure and he scored a really good goal? Not even slightly. Not even, not even slightly. I mean, he assisted later in the game as well. I think it was rather to Rashford or Cavani. So it was, it was a good performance for, in both games as well for Ronaldo against Spurs as well, which was nicely, nicely done from Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, we're going to go for goalkeepers. So I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to decide it to make it easier. Taps, you go first with your goalkeeper. Who's going to be your choice? Um, just going from back to front. Um, I'm going to go for Edwin van der Sar. No. Why are you going for Edwin van der Sar? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Out of all the goalkeepers ever, like in the Premier League, every time we came up against him, for some reason, he was just too big. He was, and he, he had great position. He, he looked like a brick wall. Like um, he was, I would say, kind of less playing with his feet because he, he he, I mean, back in the days, goalkeepers weren't, you know, really required to play from the back. But mm. the only other goalkeeper I could see that was like more dominant and put more fear was like Manuel Noor. Like in the recent times, Van der Sar was a giant. And from Fulham to like United, like every time we game, I was, every time I wanted United to lose, he would, he was a brick wall and he had um, Ferdinand and um, Vidic in front of him too. So it was what are you going to do sometimes? But yeah, he was a terror. He was a terrible goalkeeper. Like I had to pick him first because I was like, I looked at other names and I'm like, yeah, Van der Sar would do nicely in my team. He did very nicely in his career in the Premier League at Fulham as well as Manchester United as well. Getting 132 clean sheets for both clubs respectively, winning multiple Premier League titles with Manchester United. And for me personally, I, I've said it before as well. That was probably one of the most crucial signings, right? Ferguson made um, before he retired as well, getting a proper number one in Edwin van der Sar after having so many different goalkeepers that just couldn't do the job, uh, being Man United's main man between the goalposts. And Edwin van der Sar was that man. And I'll always be appreciative of him as well, which is really nice uh, from Edwin van der Sar. Nicely done, Taps. Good choice there. Uh, Lewis, let's go with you. Who's going to be your goalkeeper? Yeah, I hate to stick with the tradition of me picking Chelsea players so far, but it is Petr Cech. And I'll, I'll provide some some why. He's he's got the most clean sheets in Premier League history. I think that that stat alone is enough. Two hundred and two. Yeah, see, it's ridiculous, and and that's playing for Chelsea and Arsenal. And you've got to take into account one year where he missed a lot of the season when he had that serious head injury, and yeah. then one year where he just sat on the bench for Courtois. So if he played regularly, he could have really pushed that number up and stat padded a little bit. But. He's, he was just an incredible goalkeeper. Before the injury, he was a freak. And after the injury, he was still world-class. But the man won us a Champions League and I will be forever grateful. And he's a Premier League great. And 
I think he is in the conversation with Yishmichael, Yvan Lassars, and I think that rightfully so he is in there. No, what a shout and what a player Petacek was um, for both Arsenal and Chelsea respectively. Travis, where are we going with yourself uh, as a goalkeeper? Um, unfortunately, I've had my one and two picks chosen by uh, the other guys. So I'm going to have to uh, go for my number three, which would have been Peter Michael. Um, obviously, before my time, I can't really speak much about um, watching him or anything along those lines, but just his legacy, you know, every goalkeeper uh, aspires to to be like him. Everyone aspires to be as good as him. And if you listen to any of the uh, United players who played with him around that sort of period, late 90s, um, th- they'll tell you how good he was. Uh, and like I said, I don't think I need to have watched a great deal of him to see just how good of a goalkeeper he was. And having had my number one and two picks chosen, it's stolen from me. Um, there's there's not much else uh, I can I can I can go with. I think um, to pick anybody else other than Schmeichel would have been a bit of a slap in the face to him. To be fair, I mean I, I was I was having daydreams thinking no one's going to remember Peter Schmeichel, and now all three <laughs> of you have taken three of my picks, uh, which is not great for me to see, but it's it's the case. Um, in that case, I'm now deciding between two. Do I go for, you know, I don't want to go, no, I'm going to go for him. I'm going to go for Jens Lehmann, mostly because oh. Jens Lehmann is a goalkeeper. I would have liked to see a bit more in the Premier League as well. He came later in his career at Arsenal and he didn't stay for much longer than he, he probably should have, kind of like Taps has stayed for a career two seasons longer um, as a Premier League goalkeeper. I do have to shout out uh, people like Joe Hart. Uh, Shay Given was a very good goalkeeper as well. I'm going to be talking about uh, UC Yaska Linen as well. They were players who have been in the Premier League for a good number of years as well. Not at the top level all the time, but still very good to have consistent uh, Premier League experience as well. But I'm going to have to go for Jens Lehmann because he was my fourth choice. And it's going to look very bad on social media when we post these picks out because I'll be like, Hamza's a Man United fan. Why is he not going for any of these Man United players? <laughs> I could have gone for David De Gea. I probably could have because he is one of my favourite players for Man United. But I'm going to go for the sake of variety of having a bit of a um, a bit of a change up in my team as well as opposed to trying to go for the best and brightest because as Lewis knows I never win our Q&As um, from our <laughs> social media followers so I'm not expecting to win I'm expecting to have a good time um, going forward as well right then um, we're going to go through our defence now which is going to be very fun because you can have whatever formation you want as long as it's obviously a respectable formation and a recognised formation as well and I'm not talking about Pep Guardiola circa 2023 so I'm going to let you know what, Travis, I'll let you go first. Who's going to be your first goalkeeper? If you're going full-back to full-back, you go right to left just to make it uh, fair for everyone. Okay. Um, I'm going to go... If I'm, if I'm looking at a right-back then, uh, for me, I'm going Wait, for, what's your again, formation, first of all? Okay, sorry. I'm going to go for a 4-3-3 with a sort okay. of deep uh, defensive midfielder. Mm. Um, if I'm starting off at right-back, do I have to start off at right-back? Are we going right to left? Or? Are we going right to left? Okay, if I'm starting at right back, I'm picking Kyle Walker. Again, possibly a biased pick, but I think if you look at the other options I was considering, I considered people like Gary Neville and Cesar Azpilicueta. I just thought that the only thing that that they didn't have that Walker does is is a bit more attacking threat. I think attack uh, on the pace as well from early in his exactly. career. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And he's been such a key component in Manchester City's team the last few years he allows them to play with such a high line because if um, pacey attackers like you know Marcus Rashford and people like this are, are getting in behind on their counter-attack he's 
he's so quick and so aware that he can always get back. You usually see with their defense, he's the last man. And when that ball goes over the top and the man's running behind, he's nine times out of 10, he's covering and he's making up the ground. Um, I just think he's, he's very underrated. I think if we're talking about the best right backs of all time in this league, he's um, probably number one for me, just about. Nicely done. Good explanation there as well. Lewis, I need to ask you as well, for £50 million, when Pep Guardiola bought Carl Walker, spending that money on him, everyone was going crazy because you can't spend that kind of money on a fullback. And now seen as the norm. Was that because Carl Walker was so good or was that because of the market changing um, because of Pep Guardiola and Manchester City? What do you think? I think it's a mixture of both, to be honest with you. I think that economically, football's always progressing. I don't see it going back anytime soon. And I think when Mbappe inevitably leaves PSG, that'll be another day where it it goes to absolute ridiculousness yet again. But I think that Kyle Walker deserved his move from Spurs, and I know that I agree. He's not been. <laughs> he wasn't really happy. I know something's come out recently that he said something along the lines of that every big game they was in or every final they was in, they didn't really believe they could win it. And now now he's obviously at Man City. They've they've won loads of stuff. And he he deserves that, and I think that he will kick on, be in the league for a good few more years, and then solidify his status as one of the best fullbacks that the league has seen. Definitely, no, nice shot there with Carl Walker, Travis. Uh, Taps, let's go with you, going right to left with your team. What formation are you going for um, in this one? I'm going to go for a uh, a four four one one, like attacking midfielder, so four five one with a. Like uh, just a little attacking um, midfielder in there. And I hope I'm no one steals your free attacking midfielder there. That would be painful for you if someone stole that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go for Bakary Sanya. Um, I had I had a few on my list, and they all had they all have the same thing in common. Like Sanya was, I think, it was a proper fullback. He was a fit athlete. Towards the end of his like, there was a point in time where he was just scoring headers for for no reason. He was just scoring headers. Um, Goal line clearances. Um, it was very hard to beat. Um, physical player. Um, he made the team look good. And I would say his best years were his last two years at Arsenal and first two years at City. So apart from the hair, it was a, everything was brilliant, you know. Um, I could never uh, have hair like that. It just looks so odd. So, so I, odd for me. I, do, I don't know why. I don't know why. It just, it was one of those ones where it was like, there has to be a reason for the hair. If not... Somebody needed to tell him something, but hey, he kept it. When you when he cut it all off, I was like, you know, like I was like an African uncle. I was like, yeah, that's my boy. You know that you look good now. You look good. Um, but yeah, he was he was a heck of a player. I was sad to see him go. Um, but you know, with the assist defending, he was one of those those right backs. He didn't want to come against. He would, he stopped a lot of people in his um in his heyday. So I'm going with Sanyo on the right. Good choice, my friend. Uh, Lewis, where are we going with you? Going for a four three three, three five two. Yeah, so I've I've actually gone for a three four three formation. So Thomas Tuchel Prime. <laughs> it's very uh, it's very top heavy, and I, I'm playing with lazy wing backs. But we'll get into that in a bit. Mm, good stuff. But, but I'm gonna hand. I feel like I'm stealing one of your big picks here. But the first person in the back three, he's not the captain. He's my vice captain. Mm. But it's Nemanja Vidic. The, the man is in there straight away. I believe he genuinely is one of the best centre-backs the league's ever seen. He he revolutionised Man United when he came in, in that window. I believe he came in at the same time as Evera. Could be yeah. wrong there. But 
th- those two signings made United kick on and made them so scary under Ferguson. And that team used to piss me off so much because <laughs> all the time, and they beat us all the time. As when when just not at Stamford Bridge because we can never win at Stamford Bridge. It's just crazy. Yeah, like I, the Champions League final, I remember hating him when when Drogba got sent. <laughs> uh, that was funny. That. He got slapped and he got a red card. Drogba. Yeah. You would have taken one of your penalties as well, and you may have won that penalty shootout. I know, mate. Absolute mental. But Vidic, yeah, w- what a player! Like I can't say enough nice things about him now he's retired. But when he was playing, I, I that was someone I really despised. But. He is the embodiment of what a centre-half should be, in my opinion. Absolutely. Nicely done there. And with Nemanja Vidic as well, you did take one of my picks because I'm going for a, a 3-5-2 as well. So I'm going for ones with full-backs, wing-backs, I would say. One of them I know would play as a... He'd, he'd play a really good wing-back in this day and age, but that's going to be a controversial point later on. Uh, my my centre-back, just to get him out of the way, I'm going to go for him, is Rio Ferdinand. I think with Rio Ferdinand as well, is someone who... I think if he was in this day and age as well, and you're looking at Van Dyke compared to Primary of Ferdinand, you'd be looking at different levels completely. You're looking at the type of calibre of striker that Rio Ferdinand faced when he was in his heyday, in his younger days at Leeds United as well, and in his older days at Manchester United, still going through and he could still consistently show the class and the quality that he had for Manchester United. It was a shame that he never got to go to the World Cup in 2010 uh, with England or to the Euros in 2012 with England as well because of different political reasons, whatever it was as well. That ban in 2004 um, when he had that drugs test, when he missed that drugs test was really bad because I think that cost Man United the title. We were ahead of Arsenal by around five points and then that's when the unbeaten season continued for Arsenal and we just fell apart. We had Sylvester and Wes Brown as our centre-backs and big golfing quality when you see it now as well. I think the best way to kind of describe it is when you're looking at um, yeah, I still say Man United. When you're looking at a team with Lisandro Martinez in the team and you're seeing Harry Maguire as a replacement, that's a big drop-off in quality that we've got as well. But Rio Ferdinand is my guy. Um, at first defender in my 3-5-2 uh, uh, formation as well. So two strikers, five midfielders, two lazy wing-backs, one who would probably be a very good wing-back, and three centre-backs. Lewis, we'll go back to you, actually. Yeah, let's let's just change, the route, uh, change it around. Lewis, we're going back to you for your second defender. Where are we going? No worries. We're sticking in Manchester, but we're going mm. to the blue side, Hans. We're going to pick Vincent Company for this one. Again, what a player. Premier League great. A serial winner. And it looks like Burnley, at the first time of asking with him, are going to come up to the Premier League very easily. No one has laid, laid a glove on Burnley this season. Company is usually centre-arse, make great managers. And Pep said he was always going to be a great manager, no matter how many goals City put past him in the week. But company is a Premier League great and, like I said, a serial winner. So I need them in my team. The Im right. and Vidic. Im and Vidic at the back is just solid as well. With Pass, check. Check at the back. It's, go. it's gonna it's gonna feel like that fourteen goal season where Chelsea just conceded fourteen goals in a season. Every um, game's gonna be one 0 It's gonna be fun. <laughs> Taps, I need to ask you, my friend, company or Virgil Van Dyke, who was the better centre back in their prime? Oh, it's company. Um, um, I understand. Van Dyke, by company was just, he was just different. He was just different gravy. He, Van Dyke was, he's a presence, very good defender, but he's a little slow. Company, he would chase you down. You, you could not run past company. He was powerful, strong. He had great defensive awareness and he was a proper leader at the back. He was, that's one quality you can't cheat. Van, Van Dyke also as well, 
I get it, but I've seen in times, you know, Liverpool, they're squabbling here and there, they're pointing and everything else. But company, at a point in time, it looked like he had no weaknesses. It's like when Thiago Silva would say that at the height, it looked like he had no weaknesses. Um, you couldn't you couldn't beat him in the air. You couldn't go past him. He was he, he was just phenomenal. And when he came, he was really one of the backbones. I know he came through um, the era. You know they had Aguero, they had um, Silva, had all those important players. But company was the rock. And when you looked at the bench, like the, as you said, the different quality. Anybody that was coming on, Stones when they got him towards the end. Like I know he was early in his career too. It was just so much of a drop, a drop in quality when he wasn't there. Um, so I had to, I have to take him over Van Dyke. And company does have Dwayne the Rock Johnson on the back of his head. We always see that hey. name every now and then, which is the case. Hey. Travis, let's go with you. Um, back to your defence. Where are we going with your, with your defence? Um, I was surprised to see that my uh, my next pick wasn't Lewis's last pick, but I'm going for John Terry. Um, for me, he's probably one of uh, two greatest Premier League centre-backs of all time, alongside mm. Rio. I would say those two stand above everybody else, in my opinion. Um, I believe he's got the most goals as a defender in Premier League history, so he's dangerous in both boxes. Um, I just think that if you want a proper leader in your team, John Terry is is one of those. Um, you know, he's had his his issues off the pitch, but on the pitch, no one can deny, you know, how just how good he was. He was absolutely fantastic. And in a team of, you know, potentially greatest Premier League players of all time, He's one of the very few that stand head and shoulders above the rest as a as a leader. Um, you know, f- for me, he would probably. I haven't really thought about captains, but looking at my picks, he'd probably be mine. He'd probably be my captain, if not my vice captain, for sure. I'm surprised he wasn't someone's wild card in that. It would have been crazy to have seen him as a wild card because of how well he did as a defender. Uh, Taps, let's go with you for your second defender. Where are we going, my friend? A lot of my defenders. Go- I've been taken. Like uh, that's why I keep my... changing the orders round as well. I'm just like it's got yeah. it's got to be tricky for everyone. We've got to be on my, the same page there. My backline is now in shambles, but <laughs> I'm gonna go for um, I'm gonna go for Colo Toure. Um, oh no! <laughs> I, I, I had I, to. I had him. I had him as well. I had him as well. I I had to, man. Um, good he... choice. Really, really good choice. I thought he was gonna be underrated and overlooked, but that's a really good choice for Colo Toure, man. No, he he was more um in the Arsenal squads and as, even when he went to Man City, he still played the underrated role, but he was just always there in the right positions of block and he would fly. He would mm. fly into challenges, but he would get the ball. He would get the man too, you know, before everything was a yellow card. So when you it know, was legal like to the, do so. Yeah, yeah. So you you like that in a defender. He was um he would push the boy. He would chase you down. He wouldn't give up. Once, just like Sanya, I'm gonna have them to, towards the right side. Mm. They would. He was a wall, and he was a an invisible wall because he wouldn't really say much. But whenever I saw him with the captain's armband, he was barking. So, um, you know, I have a lot of heart from him. You know, one of our other guys who went to Man City. You know, when they were obsessed with taking Arsenal players. So sad to see him go. But yeah, definitely two is on my list. Nicely done, Colo Torre for taps. Uh, my second defender is going to be another one of Lewis's favourite players, Ricardo Carvalho. Honestly, when, when he came into the Premier League, it was one of those where Jose Mourinho came in the same season as well. He signed Paulo Ferreira, right back, Ricardo Carvalho. He brought in Manish, I think, as well, later on. Um, but all Porto players who won the Champions League. 
But Ricardo Carvalho is one of the most slept on centre-backs in Premier League history. He was an absolute menace of a defender. He could read the game. And I don't think a lot of people actually realise what he'd done for Chelsea Football Club as well. Again, in that Champions League final side in 2008, where they lost, unfortunately. But he was there killing it. And he was making sure Carlos Tevez didn't have an easy game. And he was there making sure that Chelsea actually got to the Champions League final and to the semi-final of the season afterwards as well. And he was a fantastic player to watch. And he was so good that Jose Mourinho then took him from Porto to Chelsea to Real Madrid when he got the Real Madrid job as well. So uh, Ricardo Carvalho is my choice uh, for my second... Uh, defender and I've got one defender left good uh, choice good choice very underrated now I've got one centre back to go so you know what I'm going to be stingy and I'm going to take this pick because I'm hoping um, no one else steals this pick and I'm going to go for Tony Adams as my third centre back yeah so yeah. Tony Adams Mr Arsenal uh, Sorax Ferguson once said he was a Man United player in an Arsenal shirt which showed insult to Arsenal but it showed praise from Sorax Ferguson because of how well he did winning the 1998 Premier League title after getting through a 12-point deficit from Man United to Arsenal was a big factor in Tony Adams' leadership as a, as a defender. He went on to manage a few clubs as well. I think a few in the Premier League as well. Correct me if I'm mistaken, but um, he's much better as a defender. Um, he was a fantastic ball-playing centre-back before ball-playing centre-backs were a thing for English defenders as well. So it goes to show how well he was. And we've seen so many other Premier League legends, Ian Wright, Alan Shearer, say... Um, Tony Adams was the most difficult opponent they faced as well. And Ian Wright even said recently, um, not recently, probably a couple of years ago, to be fair, he said he was pro it, beating Tony Adams in training was harder than facing most defenders on a Saturday in the Premier League. And it goes to show the level that he has um, for Tony Adams. And the respect that I have for Tony Adams is amazing because he was, he, I was that close to supporting Arsenal because of my parents and Tony Adams. But I stopped with Man United for the, for the variety as well. And... Mm -hmm. I missed out on two very good defenders for Man United for the sake of it, but I'm hoping one of you at least picks one of these defenders as well, um, which will be good fun. Taps, we'll go back to you uh, for defence. Where are we going um, on your side? Well, Cavalio's gone, so um, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna go with uh, a player I didn't really think I was gonna pick, but come to after his career, I kind of appreciate him a little more. I'm gonna go with William Gallus. I was He's not when he was all three of your clubs as well. Tottenham, yeah, Arsenal, yeah. Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so when he was at Chelsea, he was just different. He was he had some aura around him. He was fast, erratic at some times, but he would get the job done. When he went to Arsenal, he had the number ten. That was the when I was like I was off the train, but he did well for us as well too. He was. Always the veteran leadership, even when he was younger, like early in the, uh, early in the Chelsea days, even for France and everything else, he was solid. And, you know, he, he made good partnerships. That was one thing that was really underrated too. He made good partnerships as well. And I've seen him, especially when he was playing for Arsenal with some of the defenders, Senna Ross was coming in. He was always for the cover. Every time there was a mistake, he was always for the cover, you know? So, um, yeah. And he played, out of, he played out of position for Jose Mourinho as a left-back, didn't he, Lewis, as well? Um, William Gallas. When it was Carvalho, Terry at centre-back, Gallas was playing as a left-back sometimes. He did. And we, we actually had no cover, really, in that position. We had a bit of a throwback player, if anyone remembers him, Azia Del Horno, who was a mm. left-back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he was rubbish. He was that bad <laughs> that Mourinho had to be like, right, Gallas, you're going to have to do me a job here at left-back. And and unfortunately for, for Trav, Gallas scored a screamer against Spurs right at the end of the game to... 
really solidify a title push for us that year. And I'll be forever grateful for that. And I, a lot of Chelsea players end up going playing for rival London clubs and I've come to terms with it. So at this point, I'm just like, you've got to respect the man's right to work. You like living in London on you go, mate, you've won a lot. So you go with my blessing. <laughs> I mean, even William's loving it at Fulham right now as well. So it's, it's bound to happen. I will always love William. Is he going to be in your team later on? Maybe. <laughs> nah, good shot. I always hate really William. <laughs> William I'll, just... bet. I'll bet as well. He just finessed Tottenham, didn't he? He absolutely finessed us. I mean, He's not the Daniel first Lee. one and he's not the last one, Travis. Uh, absolutely, thing. yeah. This is uh, the history of Tottenham. So, hey. yeah. You know, getting Daniel Levy to pay for his flight and his taxi <laughs> into London so that he could then go off and sign for Chelsea. No. And then you've gone into Everton with Dan Juma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. And it, he's, not, he's not played. You know, he, he had one game. I think he came off the bench against Preston in the FA Cup, scored um, a pretty good goal. And then since then, he's been, you know, missing in action, despite how bad Richarlison's been playing. You know, despite how out of form Son is, he, he just can't seem to buy a game, which is really frustrating. Makes me wonder why we even signed him. Yeah. It's only on loan, so it's not too bad as well. Yeah, true, true. Lewis, we're going to go back to you. Um, where are we going on your last defender's pick? Yeah, so my last de- defender's pick is uh, a player Travis mentioned before, and it's a guy that has actually won a league title playing in a back three at centre-back. It's Cesar Aspilicueta. Quality player. He's won everything you can possibly win. Again, again, this back three is is full of leaders and he's the current Chelsea captain and a player that is one of my favourite ever Chelsea players. Like I said, he's won absolutely everything and he's been in so many different incarnations of Chelsea Football Club and you just think that he's been at Chelsea now for 10 years. He's definitely going to get a testimonial, which is fantastic. And he's probably going to stay for two more. So two more years of Aspie and... I will be regretting every day that he's he's going to leave and I'm not happy about that. And it's a player that the dressing room will miss. I know his legs have gone and stuff like that, but you cannot genuinely buy experience like that and mix that in with the young players that we've got. And that's a deadly combination in my opinion. So keep Aspi around, keep Thiago Silva around. You'll be seeing loads of edits on social media with Paloma face. Only love can hurt like this. I'll be making them, mate. I'll be making them. <laughs> it will be on the cookie pot every week. And Asbina Quetz has been re- um, retired for two weeks now, for three weeks now, for four weeks now. It's going to continue. <laughs> Five of Aspi's retirement. I'm surviving. I'm surviving. Uh, Travis, you've got the next two picks. So you've got your centre back, I think, and then your left back as left well. Back. So by all means, go for it. I'm really, really glad you've told me I've got my uh, left-back pick because that was a big one for me. Um, I mean, two of us don't have left-back, so it's all good, so don't worry about it. I guess, yeah, I guess. Um, My centre-back, I'm going to go for one that I don't believe anyone else would even have thought of or factored in. I'm going to go for Ledley King as my final centre-back. He was on my my list. He was on my list. Interesting, interesting. Admittedly, it's only really because my other picks have all been taken. However, I do think that Ledley King would have been one of the greatest ever Premier League centre-backs had he just been able to have a working pair of knees. Mm. Um, he was just chronically injured all the time. And if you listen to anyone who was in and around Tottenham at that time, they would say that he'd play on a Saturday, his knees would flare up and fill, fill with fluid, he'd need to have six days rest, so he wouldn't train all week. And then the next Saturday he'd come, he'd play again and he'd be the best player on the pitch. 
Um, and even Thierry Henry, who obviously is one of the best players of his generation, Thierry Henry said about him that um, he'd get the ball off you without even without even knowing he'd done it. Um, I just think he was fantastic, and it's a real shame. He's one of those players that, if not for injury, you know, who knows just how well he'd have done, and he would have played for one of the best teams in the world. You know, I think he was, you know, Man United player, sort of written all over him. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll never know with Leather King. But yeah, he's my pick for my last centre back. Well said. And who's your left back? Uh, my left back, I think, getting first choice with the left back, there's only one option, and it's Ashley Cole. It's just got to be. I think uh, there's an argument to be made for him potentially being the best left back of all time, um, not even just in the Premier League, but football generally. He sort of revolutionised that, that position to a degree. He was the first proper, I think, attacking fullback. Um, and yeah, he's, you know, it pains me to say it because obviously. He's a Chelsea legend and not so an much Arsenal an legend legend, as well. but he was he was very yeah. good for them, even though they sort of the relationship went sour towards the end. So it does pain me to say it, but he's just the greatest for me, but by quite a distance as well. I was trying to think of anybody else who could compete with him and there was only sort of one that came to mind. Other than that, he's he's just a country mile better than any other left back in the league scene, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well said as well, Travis. Taps, we're going to go with you for your left back and then uh, we'll move on to our midfield, which will be good fun. So who we got as your left back? And I'm guessing Travis may have stolen your first pick. Oh, no. No, Ooh. actually. Um, oh, I always love Ashley Cole, but, you know, my team, I think I needed... Um, I'm going for Leighton Baines. So... Um, Ouch! I did not expect that. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, when he was at Wigan, that's when I was just like a really, really noticed him obviously his free kicks and everything else but he he was a pretty slow but he never really got beaten he mm. was always the outlet he was the first I would say real fullback who when he got the ball you would you you'd be scared because he could whip it in from anywhere scored the goals has the assist defensively he was also solid as well that was when Everton was in the best I would say kind of form and he was a main reason for it um um, yeah, so yeah, they were qualifying for Europe, they're getting into cup finals in the FA Cup as well. Um, lost to Chelsea, I think, in one of them as well. Lewis, right? 2009, yeah, Baines yeah. was class. And for someone who's watched him play a lot, my mum's a Wigan season ticket holder and she loves Leighton Baines. And he was actually my wing back, so I'm not happy about that. But a player that definitely deserves to be in a team that's the second choice to Ashley Cole, so that says it all about him. And Baines, he's such a quality player, could score goals, could defend, great delivery on him. And I think that, yeah, he he deservedly should be in one of these teams. Definitely. Great shot there, Saps. And very good with Dayton Baines in that kind of way as well. Uh, Lewis, where are you going now? You have to go right to left, don't you? The same as me. But we all have to go right to left now, which will be fun. So I'll let you go first with your right wing back. I'm hoping you haven't got the boy that I've got. So let's see. Yeah, I don't think so, to be honest with you. So my idea, again, I I was trying to keep it tactical and the idea was to put Baines as a proper wing back so this guy could have the free roam on the other side and this guy is a player that is unreal in my opinion and it's David Silver, a player that... Oh, thank God. On the the back. (laughs) It's an unconventional right-sided player but Baines was going to tuck in and and make a back four when they they had the ball but Silver is a player that played out wide for years at City, won titles at City and he's just a, a player that is serially underrated in my opinion and he is a main reason that Man City have won what they've won and 
you could argue that they're missing that type of player now with all the quality they have that you you are arguing that they are missing someone that can unlock the defence and his nickname at City was Merlin because of what he could do with the ball and I, I think that again I can't say enough nice things about David Silva like what a player a player that epitomises everything I love about football yeah I mean with David Silva as well is there an argument for him to be the greatest ever Manchester City player what do you guys think Travis what do you think maybe straight, straight, just, straight yes or no no maybes Travis we don't do maybes no, no. no I would, if I'm going for best Man City player ever I'm going to Guerrero all day long okay Taps how about you yes or no I would say no. Once again, Aguero. He Silva was important, but Aguero he would pull. He would score goals out of literally nothing from the mm. corner flag. He helped City. He was City's push up front. He was one of the most scary strikers at the time. Uh, so I would have to say it has to be Aguero. Lewis, yes or no? I'm in the minority here because I'm going to argue that Silva is City's best ever player. Because I would say so as well. He was always injured. He was genuinely always injured. Silver was an ever-present. He's carried against, I mentioned it with Aspie before, he's he's been so many incarnations of Man City and he's been an ever-present. The and versatility of his play as well. Like I said, he's, he's played on the right, he's played just behind the striker, he's played in a false nine. And I think that, again, with forever changing attackers in that Man City team, that's just more a more string to his bow, really, because, again, ever-changing personnel up front. But I think he is in my opinion. He never dipped in quality either. Didn't matter what, which position he was playing for City, he was always consistently fantastic. I get your point because where I was, like you say, consistently injured and the only time that Silva didn't play was I think when his daughter had um, an illness. I think that was his only extended period of not playing during his City career. But for me, I just think the goals that Aguero would score in crucial moments, big games, and the, the biggest game of probably City's history as well, obviously that QPR game, the one that sort of kicked everything off for them, the most iconic goal that's probably ever been scored in Premier League history. He was just the guy for me in terms of City shit. And I'll always have a bias towards him being the best one because he was an absolute demon against Tottenham. I think we were his sort of favourite opponents. He usually scored against us pretty much every time he played us. So... Maybe I've got a little bit of bias towards him because of that. But for me, he was the best one. Nicely done there with David Silva. Uh, my right wing back is none other than Manchester United's number seven. But not, yeah, not a right wing back, but David Beckham. I knew you were going to say him. As soon as, you said, as soon as you said, I think this guy would make a great right, a right wing back in this day and age. I've got I two number sevens from Man United on here. And I've got one in I've got one up front and I've got one on the wing. And they're both gonna be competing for free kicks in this side as well. And they're gonna be killing it. Beckham into the box for Ronaldo. That's the best past and present duo I could ask for in this side as well. And I'm looking forward to seeing how David Beckham was. Because for me personally, I've said it before and I'll say it again. David Beckham was an underrated footballer. He could bald, he could run down that right wing more times than two players could run down that right wing following him back as well. He had the energy for days. He would complete the bleep test like N'Golo Kante completes the bleep test for breakfast. Unbelievable pass for the ball. His vision was imperative imperative as well. The fact that he had the, the eye for goal, the eye for a pass, the eye for a switch. People do Hollywood passes, but Beckham was someone that would consistently do that and get criticised for it because he did too many of them. Not much why, but too many of them, I would say. Um, but realistically speaking, he's one of my favourite ever plays. He broke my heart when, he's, when I was a child. I got a David Beckham shirt when I was younger. And then guess what happened? He moves to Real Madrid, Real Madrid like two, three months later. 
And I remember that game against um, against Real Madrid as well. He scored a free kick and he scored a tap in at the fat post as well. It was kind of there like, oh yeah, David Beckham. But I need to have my two favourite uh, Man United players in here as well. So I'm going to go for David Beckham as my right winger. And Ronaldo, as I misled you all from the beginning as a left winger, is actually my striker. So looking forward to my next four midfielders that I've got in here as well. And I will let Taps go first with his next choice. So Taps, you've completed your back four. Now you're on to your midfield. Where are you going now, my friend? Right to left. Oh, oh right to left. Okay. So I'm going to go with uh, Riyad Mahrez. Ooh, all time. I, I have to. When you mm. when you look at his records and everything else, he's closer to hitting a century of goals. Mm. Um, assists, he has the pedigree, he has the, the championships. And I would say in the last six years, he's been one of the most dangerous wingers. Um, he would have he if Pep did not rotate so much, we would appreciate him more. Yeah, but I agree. The records he's already breaking right now and the output and as well. Every single time I know Haaland is there at KDB, but I feel he's City's um, most dangerous attacker because he can just make something out of nothing. He averages 10 to 10, I would say, here and there every kind of uh, season. Um, he's out there. one of So I just have to take him, man. And um, yeah, he's, he's my right winger. And we can never forget being part of that Leicester City side that escaped relegation to then winning the Premier League the season afterwards as well. I'm expecting a lot more Leicester players coming up in the next couple of picks as well. So Riyad Mahrez was a great shot there, uh, Taps. I'm really happy that you've gone for him. Lewis, we'll go with you. Um, where are you going next for your centre midfielder? So sticking topical, a guy that did win the league with Riyad Mahrez. It's, again, a player who is, I believe, a league cup away from winning everything in that single Kante. I'm glad you didn't say Danny Drinkwater, my friend. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was this close to looking Drinkwater. <laughs> I need but, to drink some water in honour of Danny Drinkwater. And, and Golo just uh, just about edged it in that one. But no, he, he completely revolutionised the defensive midfielder position. And he's he's evolved as a footballer as well. I, I know he's now kind of known as a box-to-box midfielder and he, he can pop up with goals and... As you'll know, he always scores against Man United for some weird reason in goal, can't say. And he hasn't celebrated one of those goals and I don't think he ever will celebrate a goal. But um, yeah. The guy's too shy to celebrate with trophies and he doesn't even celebrate with goals. You're just kind of there, like he's there to do a job. It's like, you know, when when you see that quote of Mario Balotelli saying, oh yeah, I don't want to score um, because the postman never celebrates when he scores. Ngolo Kante is the definition of that. He just doesn't, he could score a goal in a World Cup final and a cup final just like, in it and go on Kante for you I think so as well mate. He's, he's a great player and I think that I was close to picking someone I think he's going to take it very soon and another Chelsea mm, yeah, don't Chelsea. divulge your name someone might steal it someone yeah. might steal it <laughs> I think if anyone knows ball he'll be knocking about somewhere but yeah Kante some player and I think again once he's retired you'll look at what he's won not only with Chelsea but internationally he's won the lot so yeah Kante 100% uh, Travis, let's go with you because you have to pick your right-sided player and then I'll let you play your centre midfielder again. I'm liking these double Travis picks as well so that I've got um, I've got some leeway for you there, Travis. So let me go get my charger and carry on with your right midfielder. Okay, perfect. Um, on the right side of my midfield three, uh, I think I'm going to upset you here, Lewis. I'm going to pick Frank Lampard. Uh, I'm guessing he was who you were referring to a minute ago. Who was that? Yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 he was he was the man. He was the man that was in there. Yeah, for, for me, I mean, people talk about the the Lampard, Gerrard, and Skulls 
debate and he let's talk about it now start bench start bench three. let's let's do it travis you opened a can of worms oh start bench shell i'm going to start lampard uh bench skulls sell uh gerard for me lampard just just about a level above the other two skulls i think was was miles better than gerard i'm not a huge gerard admirer if i'm completely honest but coming back to frank lampard who is the the, the pick he was just unbelievable. I mean, he's the only midfield player uh, in the top 10 goal scorers of all time in the league. You know, over 100 goals, over 100 assists. You know, he's won three Premier Leagues. He's won the Champions League. What more could you ask for from him? You know, never really delivered for England, but who yeah. does during that golden generation, as it were called? Actually, um, Cole. Yeah, he's... Yeah, yeah, to be fair. Actually. <laughs> but he, he was my pick, Frank Lampard, um, on the right side of that that midfield trio, I just think he was unbelievable. And I think people disrespect him a little bit to compare him to Gerard. I know Gerard was good and people like him, but I think Frank Lampard is just, for for me, a million miles the best midfielder that Premier League's seen. I just can't comprehend how anyone would disagree with that. Oh, just I, I've got, I've got so many things to disagree with. We'll get to that later on, which will be, which okay. be fun indeed. That makes me so happy you saying that. Well, because, I'm not going to then just go. Oh, yeah, I agree because Frank Lampard. Like, no, I've got, I've got my reason. Hams, you, you'll vouch for this, having spent a lot of time in Manchester. Frank Lampard does get a, a lot of disrespect up north, and it he is gets so much Gerard, more disrespect Gerard, Gerard, now Gerard. because of Everton, obviously as well. At, so look even look more. Yeah, yeah. And look at yeah. the goals. In my opinion, the hardest thing in football is to score a goal, and he scored absolutely for Chelsea from centre midfield, which is mental. If you can score that many goals from midfield, it's just. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Stupidly good player. And it pains me to say it as a Tottenham fan because obviously no, I don't... Everything pains you as a Tottenham fan, Travis. You just get pain everywhere. <laughs> You're quite it's right. True. It's a difficult life. It's a difficult life. But uh, we move. You do move as well. Um, Travis, that uh, you've opened a can of worms there with your Lampard one, so nicely done there. Um, I did say... Um, oh, you know what? I'll do mine. Mine was Skulls. I'll start Skulls. I'll bench Gerard, and I'll sell Lampard. And we'll talk about that later on. We'll talk about that later on. We'll talk about that later on. Uh, Travis, I did say you get your second pick, so go for your second pick. Where are you going? I'm going to go for the base of my midfield three. It's a little bit of a um, a cheap pick because he's not a defensive midfielder and people put him into that box. I'm going Yaya Torre. Um, he's not a defensive midfielder. He was a lot more than that. He was a complete midfielder, but... Travis, that you're going to get sense. bullied on social media for this as well. I mean, I'm the, I'm the one, you're the one doing the editing for it as well. Um, so you're going to get <laughs> I'll edit this bit out. I'll edit this bit out. Um, Yaya Torre, for me, I think is one of the most underrated players to have played in this league. He has to be in that conversation with the best midfielders of all time in the league. Anyway, he was just absolutely unbelievable. The things he could do with the football, I've never seen some of it. And, you know, he's one of very, very few midfield players to score 20 or more Premier League goals in a season. Don't think many have done it. Lampard, funnily enough, is the only other one that comes to mind. Um, I just think he was absolutely magnificent. And I think the fact that it went so sour with Pep at the end when he left City, I think that maybe tarnishes... Racism. That's what it was. It was racism. <laughs> got, rid of, got rid of him from Barcelona and got rid of him from Man City as well. It was just allegedly, pure racism. Allegedly. That's why, allegedly. That's why the Yaya curse is still in effect. Um, in <laughs> yeah, they'll never win it they'll never win it because they'll of, never yeah. win it at all but maybe no, when no. he's manager maybe if he becomes manager they'll win it they'll overcome it who knows he's your, no, coach, he's he's your coach at Spurs as well so he's yeah, doing, he is, he's doing yeah, he's Spurs. The, apparently he's doing really well as well so it's nice to see I was I was quite happy when I saw he joined the, 
the coaching setup. He's got a lot of knowledge to offer. Obviously, massive experience as well, mm. playing for Man City during those sort of formative years of of the new ownership and playing winning for their first Guardiola's trophy in modern football as well. Exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, he was just a marvelous player. And I've got obviously living in Stoke, I've got a lot of friends who are Stoke fans who don't remember him very fondly because of the goal he scored in that final, um, breaking all their hearts. But no, he was uh, he was just marvellous, absolutely fantastic player. And I just want to give him his flowers and put him in the team. I mean, I, I would probably speak for the rest of us as well that Yaya Torre probably finishes in the top five of Premier League midfielders of the modern generation, I would say. I think he's a fantastic full player. Agreed, yeah, agreed. Uh, midfielder as well. Right, now it's my turn. Um, I'm glad no one has picked this player because, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be methodic about it. So I'm going to have a centre midfielder defensive midfielder then a centre attacking midfielder then a left winger as well so my defensive midfielder will have to wait but my centre midfielder for this one may surprise a few of you um, but if you know Ball you know why he's coming into this team Cesc Fabregas oh man I haven't the name off my list <laughs> uh, I had to do it to you I had to do it to you <laughs> as well, but he is the most underrated ball-playing midfielder I've seen in the Premier League as well. He did it consistently for Arsenal when he was captain Marvel for them as well in their, not banter era, but their transition era before they became a banter club as well. Uh, respectively, there was a new age at the Emirates as well and Fabregas was a man to try and deal with it. And then he got his dream move to Barcelona, winning multiple trophies for Spain as well, respectively. Euros, World Cup, Euros again. Moved back from Barcelona, had first refusal at Arsenal. And Arsene Wenger refused to sign him because he had Aaron Ramsey, Jack Wilshere, and Mesut Ozil in similar positions and Santi Cazorla, Cazorla, sorry. And then he moves to Lewis's club of all clubs, Chelsea, and he wins the league in the first season is back at Chelsea Football Club. And it shows the class and the character of the man that says Fabregas can do that, even in a Jose Mourinho defensive style system as well. And he was a baller. Cesc Fabregas was a baller. Um, he's doing bits in Serie B at the moment, looking to promote one of the uh, smaller teams out in, in Italy. But Cesc Fabregas has to go into my all-time Premier League side as well. Um, yeah. Quality player. Taps, let's go with you. Um, what do you remember about Cesc Fabregas from Arsenal? And then Lewis, what do you remember about him from Chelsea? Let's, uh, Taps, we'll go with you first. So, once again... Um, that was during Ar- Arsene Wenger. I don't know what happened with him, but he was he was a little getting a little old, you know, a little too much stress. Uh, he wasn't thinking anything through. Mm. Um, Fabregas still, when he came from Barcelona, he still had miles, miles left in him. Um, from Arsenal, he was not the fastest player, but when he got the ball on his feet, something was going to happen. Defensively, he was solid too as well. I remember that North London derby as well, when I think he scored a goal and then straight from kickoff, he won the ball back and then scored like two and he just like not made the play and just carried on and scored two before half time. It was a fantastic finish from South Africa. Um, first touch, his control. He just made things tick. He kept the midfield down, and he was thrown in in um, such a young age at Arsenal, and he just carried himself just so differently. We just knew it was about it. Uh, just a moment of time till he got the number four jersey, till he got the captain's armband, till he was in Spain, till he moved to Barcelona. We all knew it was inevitable, but he was just class. Everything about him, the way he connected with the fans and everything else, he was our captain. And when you say someone is your captain, like you can say about Aspilicueta, you say about John Terry, you can say about you know Patrick Vieira about those times. When someone is your captain, that's just a whole nother bracket you put them in. And he was just a special player. And, you know, so happy for what he did for us. You know, hope I hope he will stay forever. But, you know, 
unfortunately, he went over to Chelsea and he he was great over there as well too. And you know, beat beat Spurs a few times when I really needed them to. You know, so um, yeah, Fabregas. He was a great player. He was a great player. Lewis, what's your favourite Chelsea memory for Sas Fabregas? Was it that Burnley assist on his debut? That was quality. Andre Schürrle, which dinked oh, over. I I was lucky enough to to watch Chelsea a lot that season in in person, and I was at that Burnley game on a Monday night, and th- that was a ridiculous piece of skill. That in in person, I was like, "What has just happened there?" Because it looked a mile offside, and then obviously when you go home and watch it, you're like, "I think that might be one of the best passes I've ever seen." And and it, the weight of pass is ridiculous because the ball from Ivanovic is fizzed in at him, but. Oh, I'm I'm really sorry, but I'm sorry, Taps. But my favourite memory is when he did score against Arsenal again. I was lucky enough to be there. Check, which is weird. Petr Check's playing for Arsenal. He messes up, and the ball ends up at Fabregas's feet. He lobs Check, and he doesn't really know what to do. He just kind of stands there, and Diego Costa grabs him, and that I remember thinking, anyone else on the pitch misses that, but you have literally just passed that into the net, and. I will always love him for that, but I think one of the funniest memories I do have of Fabregas, just as I'm winding down with this, is when we were in the in the season where Mourinho got sacked, we finished 10th and Gus Hiddink was the manager. We were playing West Brom away and Chris Brunt's talking to the ref. He must be about 30 yards away and Fabregas just pings the ball and it hits Chris Brunt in the side of the face and he gets sent off. It's a straight red card. I remember thinking, that is one of the the most accurate things I've ever seen in my life. He just pings the ball and it, he does it completely on purpose. And, so bizarre. And yeah, looking back on it now, I'm just like, that is incredible. <laughs> that's what you could do, says Fabregas. But yeah, that's why I had to pick him in my team. He's a, he's a fantastic opponent for Man United and I wish we had the chance to sign him um, as well, but we didn't. Um, let's speed this along now as well. Lewis, we'll go with you, then we'll go with Taps and we'll go with Travis. So Lewis, we'll go with you for your midfield pick. Okay, so... In this one, Hams, this will be a pick. Maybe you've got, but a guy, speaking about underrated ballers, a guy that will compliment N'Golo Kante well and compliment David Silverwell on this team, mm. is Michael Carrick. I think that the boy was so underrated. And mm. again, I hated that Man United team. You don't know how much this, this pains me. I think we're just showing our rivals some love here. I'm showing Arsenal yeah. Chelsea some love. You're showing Man United some love. Yeah. It's, it's no a respect what? there. You know what? Good football is good football, and mm. if you know football, you will you will appreciate other teams, no matter how much you hate them. And, and Carrick, he's killing it in the management game at the minute as well. He might get Middlesbrough promoted. Yeah, took them from twenty seconds to second. Crazy. Yeah, which is it's mental. But as a player, criminally underrated. Complimented Paul Scholes incredibly well. I know Scholes said I could basically just do whatever I wanted because Carrick would always fill in for where I should be, and he would always give me the ball, and he would always play simple, and he would always just be immaculate every game. And he was a main stay in that spine of that United team with like Evra, Vidic, Van der Sar, Rooney, Ronaldo. And I really think that he's so underrated. But again, I'm trying to think tactically with this team. And I think Kante and Carrick is a, a very nice little midfield too in there. Definitely. Taps, where are we going with your pick? You're going for another uh, midfielder? Centre mid? Uh, yes, yeah, centre midfielder. So he's going to be kind of like my number six up and forward. Um, oh, for I'm going to go with Patrick uh, Vieira. Um, uh, he, he was my number six. He was my defensive midfielder. Um, I wanted, I really wanted Fabregas there, but he was taken, so I had to go with Vieira. Um, that's that's fair. What what can we say about him? He was an absolute monster in the middle. He's 
six foot plus. He was running, stamina, good skill, great control. Technically gifted. Skills. Oh my goodness, the tech he had on him. Um, he was the Yaya before Yaya, but Yaya just took it to another level with the goals and just being there. But captain as well, leader, you know, he moved on. He what he did with France and everything. Everywhere he's gone, he's kind of performed, except for management. Well, I, I really think that Crystal Palace, you know, I don't know why. I'm just going to put that out. I just don't know why they sacked him. I don't know who they, Crystal Palace... And they brought Hodson back. They defrosted him back. I, was, I thought Hodson was, I thought, I thought he was retired. Then they, when I, when I saw his that, his wife I, didn't want him in the house anymore. She was, she was getting bored of him talking tactics. Uh, yeah, she's like, you guy. know what? Football manager, the game is not working. Just go and go and manage Crystal Palace. And um, oh, so, you know, he was, um, he, he has an eye for football. He was a proper footballer in the middle. And, you know, we can tell from the Invincibles, World Cup and everything else, he's won it all. He knows what it is to win. So, yeah, he's going to really anchor my... Uh, he's going to be that real number six in my midfield. Excellent. I've got my backup choice, which is going to be a fun choice. Hopefully, a few of you remember him. Uh, Travis, let's go with you. Where are you going in your midfield? My final midfielder. And I think we've I'm been very generous fan. with your midfield, so don't expect it as your striking positions as well. I've given you that oh, two no, and two. Absolutely, that's fine. That's fine. And mm. um, my midfield pick, I think we could probably be here. You could, you guys could probably have a hundred picks before me. I don't think this guy would pop up. Musa Dembele. My Musa Dembele is exactly exactly who I'm going for. Musa Dembele. And you're going to pick um, Musa Dembele. Schema, you're a schema. Yeah. You looked at my yeah. checked on Google Drive earlier, Travis. That's what you did. You stole <laughs> Musa Dembele from me. Oh, my you days. was he one of your picks? Was he? He was my next pick after the really? number six. That's, that massively surprises me. I love this guy. He is one of my favorite Tottenham players to have ever worn the shirt. He was just unbelievable. You just could not get the ball off him. There wasn't much that he could do with the ball. You know, he didn't score many goals wasn't really a playmaker or anything like that. However, it was just chained to his feet. You could just never, ever get the ball off him. And He was the I definition of press resistant before it became yeah, a, a common term. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he would be such an important player in somebody like Man City or Man United's team right now with the way he, he played and dominated the midfield. But I we should have biggest... bid for him when you bid for him, when he was doing really good at foot. Yeah. We should have bid for him yeah. then, but we didn't. Because we had Anderson, who inevitably left two seasons afterwards. But Mr. Nabele just went from strength to strength at Spurs. Absolutely. One of your most crucial players. I remember yeah, having the luxury too. of watching him two or three times, and he was always the best player for Spurs on the park as well, when you had your Pochettino era of Ericsson, Dembele, Deli Ali, Harry Kane, Human Son, Lamella. And you're just kind of there like, this guy can dominate a midfield at Old Trafford. He can dominate midfield um, at Anfield and, and still be on the losing side. He didn't dominate at Stamford Bridge so much, as we saw, but um, fantastic player to watch, honestly, from Musa Dembele um, as well. Yeah, we had a period where we had three games in a week against, I think, Real Madrid, Arsenal, and then Real Madrid again, uh, and obviously in the Champions League. And he was man of the match all three games. He was just phenomenal. I think the biggest compliment you could pay is if you look at sort of interviews with players of that period in the Tottenham squad all of them say he was the best player in that squad you know Deli Ali, Eric Dyer, Danny Rose you can watch interviews from the time period with all these players and they all say he was the best on the Rocio ball Pochettino compared him to Ronaldinho as well so yeah yeah well he could do things that. with the ball that not many people could you know keep keeping hold of it he was he was just different gravy yeah I just loved him definitely no good shout there um as well 
let's go with me. I'm going to go for a shock choice for my number six, but I think he's the definition of a number six, Claude Makélélé. Yeah. I could have gone yeah. for Roy. I could have gone for Roy Keane, um, but I'm trying to be a bit more uh, diverse here. But Claude Makélélé, um, the definition of a number six. They named it the, the Makélélé role because of Claude Makélélé, and he came to the Premier League at Chelsea. Mourinho's dog in that midfield as well, and he didn't have to break sweat much. Um, from what we saw and what we remembered as well and what a player he was and um, I could shout out Michael Essien as well I could shout out Roy Keane as well um, some amazing centre defensive midfielders we've seen previously in the past and still in modern times as well could shout out Nemanja Matic could even shout out Fabinho um, but realistically speaking I am definitely going to go for Claude Makélélé the original compared to the newer updated model of N'Golo Kante but what a player Claude Makélélé was Um We'll go with Taps next. Taps, where are we going, my friend? So we're going to, you know, who's going to partner Vieira in my midfield, but move a little forward, you know, you know, just help. Because I, I think Vieira, he can, uh, he will move forward up and down, but he can handle the number yeah. six. Um, who I'm going to pick is the personal choice. I think he's the most beautiful footballer to ever, one of the most beautiful footballers to ever grace the uh, Premier League. And that's Santi Cazola. Um, wow. I I just have a bias to him. I, he's one of my favorite players ever, left foot, right foot. Um, he could do it all. And when, you, when he played center midfield, especially that game against Man City, when he was just every scored a free kick and every, he was, he was just a beautiful footballer. Um, he kind of gets overlooked because, you know, you had Mata, you had um, Silva, Fabregas, all at that same time. So he didn't get as much love as he can, but, Left foot corner, right foot corner, left foot free kick, right foot free kick. He could do it all. It's just injuries as well. But I just really just think he, if he just stayed a little bit long, he's still doing it. I, I'm not sure about um, where he was, but um, right now, but I think he was up in, um, wasn't it China? No, it wasn't China last time I checked. Was up it in the him. Middle East he was in? Yeah, he's in the Middle East as well. So he's just a beautiful footballer and, Everybody who's come to him, they say he was the most talented. I even think Wellback said, yeah, out of all the people I played with, Santi Cazola was the most talented. And you could see it. It was just beautiful. And that's just my little bias pick right there. And uh, yeah, he's definitely going to help my team. Excellent shout. I'm really happy one for someone who was considered quite a big cult hero as well. But it's one of those where if you didn't really watch Arsenal, you wouldn't really appreciate oh, yeah. Santi Cazola. But if you watch Arsenal, you would appreciate Santi Cazola a whole lot as well. So Excellent pick there as well. And ahead of other Arsenal legends in the game as well for midfield choice as well. So really good pick there, Taps. Um, Lewis, let's go with you. Where are you going for your third centre midfielder? Yeah, so mine's a 3-4-3. Three, three. So this was going to be my, my Leighton Baines pick. So again, mm. in tactically, I've gone for Gail Clichy. Not ever. Yeah. Not ever. Um, I'm surprised no one's picked ever. That would have been my second choice after Cole. Mm. Yeah. I like I like Patrice Evra, but again, Gail Clichy, he's an invincible. I think that that doesn't go unnoticed in his first season at Arsenal. Yep. Got moved to Man City, he's won a lot of stuff in his career. Yeah. And a, a guy that was just a 7 out of 10 every week for Arsenal and Man City, ever reliable. And I think that if it wasn't going to be Ashley Cole, Evra just didn't do it for me, I'll be honest. And I thought Gail Clichy was just a very, very good defender and Again, invincible. He deserves to be in someone's team. Multiple uh, Premier League winner as well with Manchester City as well. So fantastic player to talk about. 
And probably someone who doesn't get the praise for the longevity that he had as well. And I think it's probably because he didn't get as many French caps, um, which allowed him to play so long in the game, which he did as well. So, Kel Clichy for your free for free. Nicely done. Um, mine is... It's, it's an odd one. It's not an odd one, but of all the midfielders we have, and I'm picking him more because... More because I enjoyed watching him more than a lot of other midfielders that I had. So if I've got Makaleli holding it down, I've spoken to you all about... Um, who's the other midfielder I had? I had David Beckham in there as well. Um, I had Cesc Fabregas. It's going to feel like a bias with this, but I'm just going to go for it, man. Meza Ozil. Meza Ozil yeah. is the guy. Great player. Brilliant. You've got Meza Ozil, you've got Ronaldo and his team up front as well. The link-up they had at Real Madrid missed out on winning the, uh, the league and the Champions League together as well. But everyone's going to look at this team and remember us. Uh, well, quite a few Man City players are missing. Quite a few Man United players are missing from this as well. But just just the fun that he brought. And that's what we forget about football. Football should be fun at times. And he brought the fun, the bounce passes, the drop of the shoulder, the continuous um, consistency that he had with getting goals and assists and being robbed of that... Uh, record-breaking assist um, title. He got it. He got joint uh, assists in the league in February of that year where Leicester won the league. And Giroud, Walcott, Podolski all let him down for Arsenal. I mean, he could have done it. He could have broken the record and he would have been so much more. And that was a time in, in the Premier League where the number 10 was no longer considered the number 10. He never had the luxury of not pressing or not working hard as well. That's when he was kind of look, getting looked down upon in the media by the fans and that's when it started to die out, unfortunately. And I love those number 10s who just had the genius about them. And Mesut Ozil had the genius about him as well. Um, but yeah, Mesut Ozil's in my team and he's going to make up my my team because I've got Claude Makélélé holding it down and Fabregas and Ozil in this midfield as well. They will be cooking. They will be cooking. That's a monster in midfield. <laughs> it's a very good midfield. And I mean, you've all stolen a lot of my picks. Yeah, you're Torre Vieira. So that's where I'm going to have to improvise there as well with the flair that, um, that they had as well. Uh, we're going to go for, you know what? We're going to go for taps again. Let's go for it, taps. Where are we going in your team? So we're going left wing. Um, mm. To be honest, uh, this, is a, this is a pick where um, he just recently, but ever since when he first came into the league, I was just like, this is a dynamic, just straightforward player. That's Sadio Mane on the left. Um, no. Goodness sake. Um, like <laughs> that was that was my that was my floated winger that I had. I'd Beckham on one side, Mane on the other side. He man, so when he, when he first came man, to stop stealing my picks. <laughs> I had to. You so everyone kept stealing my picks. I have to take. I was like, I have to go down my list. Um, but he was really my my second winger after Morris because um, even when he was at Southampton, he was scoring hat tricks. He was so dynamic. He knew he was going to get the a fastest hat trick in Premier League history at the time as well. Southampton. Exactly. He's just straightforward. Like he's a player who plays for the other team as well. Obviously he'll get his goals. He'll get his assists, but he's not strung out on that. And he was, he, he was, he scored a lot of goals against us. He loved to score against Arsenal. Mm. It was it, every time we're playing Liverpool, I'm like, man, he's going to score. We're winning two nil. We lose 3-2, Mane scored. Perfect. Um, so he was just there. One of my favorite players, a great guy too as well. And um, yeah, that's a lot of pace I have on my left wing. So I had to go for Sadio Mane. I mean, you've stolen... Basically, I'm, I'm kind of exhausted with this because I can't pick Ashley Cole. I can't pick Gareth Bale. I can't pick Sadio Mane. Um, it's a tricky one. I think just to complete it in, in, a, in a nice way, I'm going to have to go for... 
because I don't want to go for a defender. I don't want to be boring and pick ever another Man United player. I'm going to go for Hyung Min Son. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I stole him from you. Um, <laughs> we, we could trade bail for Son if you wanted to as well. I have to, I have to shout mm. out Raheem Sterling, 100 Premier League goal club as well. Uh, oh, yeah. We do have to talk about Patrice Evra, fantastic left back at the same time. Eden Hazard Lewis has already spoken about him as well, which is great. But Huming Son, for the history he's made of, of kind of, I think Taps will appreciate this as well, um, with the fact that when you see a lot of these players coming in from obscure countries as well, South Korea, Park Ji Sung was one of the first to come through. You saw someone like Lee Tai coming in from China. You, uh, you see Nomoto from Japan um, at Fulham and Arsenal, respectively. When Son Huming did that, he put South Korea consistently on the map and it's going to be down in history. Uh, he's gonna go. He's gonna get into a Premier League hundred club for goals as well, unless he's not there already. Travis, mis- uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, if he is or if he's not, um, but with him and Harry Kane, that partnership will go down in history as one of the most dynamic partnerships in Premier League history. It may not wa- have won a Premier League or win anything in that matter, but he's still gonna be very good in what he's done as well. And he did take his time in the Premier League as well, getting used to the um, system. Pochettino managed him really, really well. His diversity has been a strength to his game. For some people, it's a weakness, but it's really good with how he did it as well. But if I've got someone working back, tracking back, taking on defenders from both sides as well, and can run the length of the pitch like he did against Burnley, score amazing goals from outside the box like he's done against Arsenal consistently as well, I'll happily take Hun Moon Song as my alternative. But my question to you guys, um, straight yes or, or one or the other, Kyung Min Son or Sadio Mane, who's had the bigger impacts in Premier League history? Lewis. Who's going for? Who, we'll go with you first. We'll go with you first, Lewis. Who's first? Mane. Trophies are the biggest thing in this argument. And Mane, although Liverpool have come to the end of the cycle with the, the Mane and the Salah and the Firmino, they're, they're all gone bar Salah. Yeah. I think that Mane has actually won the trophies. And Liverpool have been to so many finals and, and they've lost finals as well. So, and, and Spurs, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. So sorry, Trav, but they, they haven't won anything with Son. And I think that he's only got a golden boot to argue for. And for me, that's yeah. not. That's not it. Son, uh, yeah. Travis, Son or Mane? Um, I'd, I'd love to say Son, but, you know, you, you just have to agree with uh, with everything Lewis has said. Um, you know, Premier League, Champions League, multiple cups as well. And. You know what has what has Son got to uh, to to show in the trophy cabinet? The one thing that I would say about Son as your pick at left wing back is he did play left wing back for Tottenham once. Uh, Lewis, you might remember it was against Chelsea uh, in I believe an FA Cup semi final, and he was absolutely atrocious. He was awful, um, and we lost that game. And I think it was the game where we lost four two. It was a massive goal one. I believe it was. I yeah. believe it was, and uh, it was a bit, a little bit of Pochettino overthinking, similar to how Pep does in tinkering. the Champions League. Yeah, tinkering, and yeah, I think we had a, a couple of left backs were carrying knocks, and it was a case of who's going to play there. And yeah, he decided Son at left wing back, and yeah, we we were just dreadful in that game. To be fair, the whole team was dreadful, but Son particularly was really, really poor. Fun fact, Taps, I was in Canada watching that game as well. I was in the Banff National Park watching Tottenham versus Chelsea at like nine o'clock in the morning. So I do remember that game very well. That's the only thing. Like games here is like 9 a.m. in the morning. I wake up, it's already two, it's already two no down. I'm like, what happened? That's the <laughs> only issue I have with the Premier League games, but hey. We had that issue last um last this time last year, I'd say, Luz, didn't we? When we were in Miami, we had that when we were in North America as well. Just waking up early to watch football. 
I know people, half seven for the early. <laughs> there, 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 were, there were Liverpool fans saying, Hamza, do you want to go watch the Man United game against Liverpool? I was like, no, I'll sleep in. I'll have breakfast and we lose 4 0. I'm like, I'm glad I didn't go watch the game. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a reverse NBA for us because I love NBA and I'm up till stupid o'clock watching Lakers or Golden State Warriors or something like that. So mm-hmm. my, my pet peeve is sometimes watching NBA, but also the Super Bowl when it's on just because of the trailers. So I remember staying up to watch, I think it was rather the John Wick 4 trailer or something that was coming out. I was like, why am I staying up for this when I've got uh, work the next day? I was like, let's just stay up. It's two o'clock. They'll show it eventually. (laughs) Needed to be done. Right, everyone. Um, I've got one pick left. So I've got my wild card as Ronaldo. Lewis, how many picks do you have left? So I have two picks left. I've got kind of like a a wide cam. That's right. Taps, how many picks have you got left? I just have one pick left. Travis? Uh, two, I've got a striker and a left winger. That's right. Isn't Bale your left winger? I'm going to be controversial and put Bale on the right. I know he did play on the left in the Premier League, but mm. after he left the Premier League, he did show that he could play on the right wing um, in that sort of BBC lineup. So, yeah, he's going on the right for me to accommodate what will hopefully be my number one pick on the left. Uh, okay, so between Lewis and Travis, let's go, let's go for um, a quick Q&A between the two of you, just so we can get it. Uh, pretty good so Travis I'm going to ask you a question and Lucy I'm going to ask you a question um, okay. well, same question I would say um, at this moment in time who's got the more FA Cups Arsenal or Liverpool I'd say Arsenal Lewis what are we saying yeah I'd agree there. I think Arsenal won it a lot I'm pretty easy sure question. they've got the record yeah the most aren't they yeah easy easy question right there as well um, so good good job there um, we'll go in terms of goals so We'll go in terms of goals. Uh, who's got more goals in Premier League history? Andy Cole or Sergio Aguero? Andy Cole. Yeah, I'll stay with Cole. Again, Aguero was injured all the time. Yeah, it's true. A very good very good answer there as well. Um, now I'm just going to make it easy just because you're going to get these all the time. So how many goals in the Premier League did Nicholas and Elka score? I'll let you guess higher or lower. Oh, he played for a lot of Premier League clubs, didn't he? But it was a journey, man. I'm going to go for 100 and 115. 115. Okay. Higher or lower, Lewis? I'll, I'll go higher. Again, he, he played for a lot. And I remember one year he, he got the golden boot, played for Chelsea. Yeah. Played at Bolton, then went to Chelsea. Uh, missed the penalty against Man United in the Champions final. And then the next season won the golden boot. So We don't speak about that. I needed to mention that. It needed to be said. The youth yeah, needed to hear about Nicholas and Elka. Why do you think he asked about Nicholas and Elka? <laughs> and do you remember when he, he played for Juventus and then West Brom? Yeah. Yeah. I strange. saw him at West Brom as well. He came off the bench and I'm just saying that. It's just there with Shane Long, Daniel Sturridge was there as well. Very oh odd. Um, but Lewis was uh, incorrect, unfortunately. It was lower. He was at 120. Wait, Travis, what did you say? 100 and... I said 115. Sorry, Travis, you were wrong. Lewis is right. 125. Oh, there you go. Lewis, you get your first pick, then Travis, and then we're all on our final picks. So, Lewis, where are we going with yours, my friend? Yeah, so partnering Hazard in this Tuchel-esque 3-4-3 slash 3-4-2-1, it is Wayne Rooney. Good choice. I've got him just behind the front, man. And I think that with Hazard, those two would have been ridiculous. They would have Oh, God. Travis, why didn't you win that pick, man? In it, but Rooney again. I, I think he's definitely Man United's best ever player. I think he's England's best ever player, and I think that if you're talking raw talent, burst onto the scene at 16, just incredible what he could do. Especially young Rooney, who was like really raw and aggressive, and 
just needed that coaching, but still had that like street footballer mentality. And again, it's a common theme throughout all these teams. It's it's winners, and Rooney was a fantastic footballer. Taps, you have a favourite memory from Wayne Rooney, not against Arsenal. Doesn't have to be, but just just in general. Nope. Did you have a fun? Nope. nope. Um, that he was used the... to bully <laughs> Arsenal every no, season. To be honest, even at Everton, goal, he scored against you. That was one of the one of my I would say my um, earliest. Uh, like vivid football memories was Rooney cracking that goal. So against Arsenal, so um, you know that's not top. I would have to say I saw this. I was watching this game, and it's the has to be the bicycle kick against Man City because yeah. that game was screaming out for someone to be a hero, and then it just it just happened. And when you look at it, I'm just like, oh, I'm like, okay, it's a good Rooney goal, but when in that moment I was like, oh my, like he he could not do no wrong from the halfway line volleys he was just he was he's a brilliant player but that overhead goal and the celebration to match it was just fitting it was just fitting it's he was a, he was a cracking player as you said as you guys said england's best ever player i think the best talent i've seen so far from england you know you've had good talent as well but rooney was just rooney's just different gravy you put it like that he's just different gravy Definitely. I mean, with Travis as well, I'd say you probably saw more of the latter side of Wayne Rooney than you did the early side as well. Um, Ridiculously speaking, he could do everything. He could play in different positions, but I feel like he kind of detrimented his own personal development and his own career for the benefit of a team. And that's where a lot of people go, oh, Rooney's crap. He played as a midfielder. But when you saw him as number nine, Wayne Rooney, he was the guy. He could score with left foot, right foot. Um, score with his head, like uh, like Tap said, volleys, overhead kicks, halfway line goals as well. Do you think with Wayne Rooney, his underrated or overrated, Travis? What do you think? Um, I would say he's definitely not overrated. No way. I think there's sections of people who underrate him. I think people can look at how many games he played and look at the goals he scored and say, you know, would an elite striker have scored more? But I completely agree with with what you just said. I think a lot of the time, you know, if you look at Man United, he was never really the main man. He was always one of the best players, but he was always playing. It was only when Ronaldo left, he became the main man, really. Yeah. Well, even after that, though, you look, you know, later down the line when someone like Ibrahimovic came in, for example, he was usually played out of position to accommodate people. Like you said, Ronaldo, Tevez. Um, I think he was, yeah, Van Persie as well. Um, I think he was phenomenal. I mean, in terms of moments, the, the big one which stands out for me was um, he scored uh, against Tottenham and then he did that iconic uh, boxing celebration, you know, when oh, he got nicked. I was at the game, I was at the game, and I was at the game, and I was at the game, and he celebrated in front <laughs> of me because um, I was sitting in that stand where he was. And I think Carrick scored in that game, Fellaini scored in the Wayne Rooney. It was, it was, it was a. It was a remnant of old Wayne Rooney taking on defenders, not Megan, Eric Dyer, I think he did. And then just threw one-on-one against Hugo Lloris and they went near post as opposed to far post as well. And it goes to show that Wayne Rooney didn't really finish until he said he was finished as a striker. And Van Hal continues to play him as a striker um, as well, which was fantastic to see. And he had that about, he had that burst of pace that a lot of people forgot about in his latter years as well. So nicely done though with Wayne Rooney. Lewis, you stole my favourite player because I was going to have a Rooney-Ronaldo partnership. So unfortunately, that I don't have that. Just like in real life, that friendship is no more. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. They don't. Uh, Rooney's like, I'm just saying words, and Ronaldo's like, nah, I hate you, mate. I hate you. Um, so it's the case. Uh, Taps, you went for money, didn't you? As your wing. Yep. That's all good. And then Lewis, you went for Rooney. Um, so we're going to go for Rooney. Travis, this is your penultimate pick, your second to last pick. Where are we going? 
Uh, I'm going to go for my left winger. Like I said, I'm going to be a little bit cheeky and put Bale on the right, even though he never played on the right in the Premier League, really. Mm. Um, but my left winger, someone who I'm very, very surprised no one else has picked up, Brian Giggs. Um, he's played... We don't mention know, Ryan Giggs on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Unspoken you know, law there. Yeah, he's, you know, had his, his trouble since retirement, hasn't he? But It's like we don't mention Paul's goals yeah. because he, he, he does un, he does 18-plus racist stuff to his children that we don't want to talk about as well. So <laughs> that's why we avoided the conversation about Skulls later on. But no, Ryan Giggs is a fantastic player. He's done very well. I think he was very underrated for what he uh, brought to the game as well and played so much until, what, age 40, 41 uh, for one club, Manchester United. So I'm glad that you picked him, Travis, and not me. So The way he developed his his style as well. I mean, it, obviously, in the younger years, he was, you know, a classic winger of the era. And then as the 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 sport developed and as his, you know, his legs started to go and stuff, he, he played in that sort of deeper line playmaker role and he did it supremely well he was a fantastic uh, midfield player even when he did move into midfield as a secondary position yeah. I just think you know over 100 goals in the Premier League over 100 assists he's got the record actually for most assists in the Premier League and by a mile as well I don't know if any of you guys have looked but he's a, a good way ahead of, of anybody else yeah. I just think he was he was brilliant. I'm very, very surprised that um, he's not been picked up, but I'll take him. I'll take him. <laughs> I mean, we, I saw your first bit with Kim Bing, so I, I'm surprised no one's gone for... Um, I'll mention them at the end. We'll do our honourable mention at the end before we all pick our last pick. So we're all on our, our final pick as well. Um, this is just going to be my order. I'm going to let Taps go first. Taps, you've been very patient waiting for your final pick. So let me see who you've got up front with Thierry Henry um, in your side. So I'm a... I'm going to play this, uh, you know, him just behind here. I mean, like more of the center forward position and that's Dennis Burkamp. I'm sorry. That's... That was my pick. That's me. That's you had Rooney, I had Rooney at Burkamp and then I'm like, I'm going to ad-lib whoever I got left. Burkamp would have been perfect for Ronaldo, but he was perfect for Unreal in real life. So I can't complain, man. Exactly. I was going to put actually Rooney right behind Henri because Rooney and... Because Rooney could play anywhere and he adapted and the way if him you and pick, Henri... If you pick Rooney and Henri, you would have won. Straight, you know, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, Dennis Burkham, what like there's not much else we could say. Um, brilliant goals, good touches, more of a the best first touch in Premier League history, in my opinion. I think he's got the best, better than Berbatov, better than Mata. A lot of these uh, Man City players, David Silva, I'd say he's the best that I've ever seen personally for Dennis Burkham. He, he just thought differently. The only other person I would see, I've seen make passes and just think a little bit more like him was kind of Ozzo with some mm. of the passes he made, some of the things he did. So, brilliant player, number 10 on his back, him and Henri up front, I lock in my team. You're getting all the Arsenal fans supporting you, that's what I'm saying, Taps. Hey. All, the, all of them in Ottawa and all of them in North London, they'll be back in your team. I know my crowd, I know my crowd. I was trying to steal your crowd with my picks as well, but it's not, it's not the case. I tried to steal <laughs> Lewis's crowd with all my Chelsea picks as well. Lewis, let's go with you, my friend. Who's your final pick? Who are you going for? Yeah, so my final pick is a guy that's currently still playing and a guy that I do believe will be the Premier League's all-time top goal scorer. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> Harold Kane. No. Yes. Oh, no. That's what I'm talking about. He's my killer. You've got Rooney and Hazard just behind him. It's the team he's always deserved. and The calibre of players is always deserved. Yeah, oh, he... Yeah. He would win multiple trophies in this team. And 
I, I think that every team needs a goal scorer. And I think I probably in about three seasons, four seasons, I, I, he will be the Premier League's all-time top goal scorer. Maybe not at Tottenham, but well, <laughs> maybe not at Tottenham. Maybe that, that's a whole other podcasting and of mm-hmm. itself, really. But yeah, I think that Kane, when it's all said and done, will be the man. And yeah, who who else? Harry Kane is a shout, and that's a fantastic player to go for as well. So Harry Kane uh, completes Lewis's lineup as well. We had Burkamp for Taps, and then you know what, Travis? I'll be generous. You have the pick before me. So who are you going to go for as your final pick? I was banking on Harry Kane. Not I told you chosen. to prepare before the podcast. This is not an easy I've, game. I've, I've prepared <laughs> other options. I'm just not happy with them. Uh, I was. I should have had him as my wild card now. Uh, but what I will say... So you could have had a Bales on Kane front three as your first choice. Oh. Yeah, I could have. I could have. So yeah, as, as an all-time Premier League one, you'd have gone for one who's won no Premier League. Nothing. <laughs> if I'm honest, Giggs was my first choice over Son. Okay, that's fair um, was my second choice on that side. I'm going to go for Aguero, I think. I toyed with Shearer as a backup to Kane, but I just think um, I've obviously watched a lot more of Aguero. Um, and I think if not for his injury record being the way that it was, I think he probably would at least be close to Shearer's record or yep. a lot closer than he is. Um, he was just an absolutely ruthless finisher. And like I mentioned earlier, he scored a lot of goals against Tottenham. So at the time, I had a lot of bad blood for him, but um, he was a player that I, I always liked watching. He was very, very entertaining, fantastic. Um, the way he adapted his his game as well when Pep Guardiola joined Man City, I thought he was going to be finished because at first it looked like he wasn't going to run around as much as, as Guardiola wanted him to. But no, he adapted his game, uh, improved his game, I would say, became even better, I think, under Guardiola. So, yeah, I'm going to go for Aguero over Shearer, I think. That's my uh, my last pick. Excellent choice. Sergio Aguero, what a player he was and what um, what, a, what a legacy he's lent, uh, is left in the Premier League for Argentinian football as well because it goes to show that a lot of players who come from South America to England, they don't always take the cake, but Aguero definitely took the cake under multiple different managers in different eras for Manchester City as well. So, Him and Eric Lamella just on par with each other as the best Argentine players. You were being, you were doing so well until you said that, Travis. So well. For that Rabona alone. That was a good Rabona. The, the two Rabonas. Yeah, two. Europa League was it? Was it against Asteras Tripoli? So that doesn't really count. Yeah, the Prem one was a lot, a lot higher stakes. Yeah, yeah. we still lost that game. We still lost that game annoyingly, but yeah, it was um, that was the bigger one out of the two. Yeah. Um, I said uh, I, I may have lied to you all earlier about having two number sevens in my team. I'm going to go <laughs> three number sevens in my team. Memphis to pie. Memphis to pie. <laughs> Actually, no, human stone, so that's three already. So I'm going to go for four. I'm going to go for four. Um, Eric Cantona. I'm going to go for Eric Cantona. I'm going to keep it. He was, he was the man who brought the Premier League to Manchester consistently. That's why whenever you see players coming into Man United, they're like, oh, he's got the Cantona aura about him. But no one will have the Cantona aura about him besides probably, in my opinion, Wayne Rooney, who could do that week in, week out, get the team back from a 2-1 down deficit to a 3-2 mm. win. And Cantona did that consistently as well. I do have to appreciate all of us were kind of admitting a lot of Liverpool players. We did very well there consistently. Lewis already knows the draw about Friday night counter-attack. So it's always good, always good that new people come on and they appreciate it as well. Um, but yeah, we could have picked so many Liverpool players. Mohamed Salah, could have picked Firmino, could have picked Michael Owen. Who's, who's Stephen, 
It was it was Rooney or Salah, and I was like, Rooney's still available here, and I'm mm. sure someone's going to take him up front. So I was like, it was tactical genius from you as well. You stole Rooney from our path. Rooney and Ronaldo would have been like taps as Burkamp and Henri um, as well. But I've got to go for Eric Hansen because he was yeah. the man, and oh. he would be similar to Burkamp in terms of playing where he wanted as a striker. He could float around, he could create, he could score clutch goals in situations that he he really didn't really have any right to, but he did, and he was an amazing passer of a ball for a striker as well. And, uh, Sirax Ferguson just loved him. I think it was, it was Ronaldo, Scholes, Giggs, and Eric Hansen. Sirax Ferguson said were the only four world-class players to ever play for Manchester United. I disagree with that, but I can't really disagree with Sirax Ferguson. So it kind of goes to show how well Eric Cantona was um, under Sirax Ferguson at, and at Manchester United as well. Retired age 30 as well after that lengthy ban when he kicked out against that Crystal Palace player who was convicted of racism. So it's not allegedly he was actually racist in the crowd as well. Um, before we wrap up, any honourable mentions? Who have we got as honourable mentions? Didier Drogba, Gianfranco yep. Zola, yeah, I Robert was, Perez. Yeah, one of mine was Van Persie. He was an yeah, Van Persie was my big one. Yeah, Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, De Bruyne. Yeah, De Bruyne. Yeah. Skulls. No one picked Skulls. I don't think. No one picked Skulls. No one picked Gerard. Um, yeah, Neville was left out. I think we don't care about Gary Neville. <laughs> Patrice Ever <laughs> Patrice um, Ever is a good one. For keepers, no one picked Dan J- uh, David James. Yeah, no one picked Dan David James, James as well. He was on my list, but I had Bandersar, so I was good. No one picked David. I wanted to pick well. Brad Friedel. I wanted to pick Brad Friedel, if I'm honest with you, in goal. Ooh, once, um, I wish you did. Once Bandersar and Cech had gone, I thought mm. just because of the amount of games he played, and he had the... Uh, when he joined Tottenham, he he was in the middle of having played something stupid like 300-odd Premier League games in a row. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then we, we bought Hugo Lloris and ruthlessly ended that run of games. He let them. He let him um, do the record, and then Loris just came in and just broke it. He just carried yeah. on with it, um, yeah, which yeah. is good. Who else are we missing? Gilberto Silva is a big one. Michael oh, Essien, yeah. Lewis, Javi oh, Alonso. Yeah, Javi Alonso. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Alonso. Yeah. I'll t- I'll tell you one. The man behind me, Fernando Torres. No. Yeah, he's a big shout. Nah, don't. I don't. He had Great two player. seasons at Liverpool. And I was cool. Okay. That was it. So Luis Suarez. Luis Suarez. Suarez. Yeah, Suarez. Because Suarez over Torres for me. Yeah, yeah, Suarez Ooh, way better. I, that's I'm not sure about that one. Only one, prime. Only one of them won that. Suarez won it. Not for, not for Liverpool. <laughs> come on, come on. Look at the Chelsea team we won it with. And Torres, come on. Torres against Barcelona. He was, he was just with Neymar and Messi the the season he won it. Cheat code right there <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, Nicholas Nelka, Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, Michael yeah, Owen, no. Teddy Sheringham, Jumberg, Freddie Jumberg as well. Oh um, yeah. John Anarise as well. I don't know about you, but left back, just left back. Where I was like, yeah, he's a problem with his left foot. John Anarise was, he, he just liked to shoot the ball. Andy Cole, another oh, one from Man Cole. United, being all those goals he scored without penalties as well. Fantastic player that he did. Uh, we mentioned Drogba, Hazard was spoken about, Juan Mata. Eh. He, I, he, he messed up going to Man United, in my opinion. In hindsight, he messed up because. No yeah. manager that we got in until Ericsson Hogg technically didn't play the style of football that would have suited Juan Mata's game. David Ginola. Yeah. Ginola oh, yeah. Champ. Yeah. He was a little bit before me, but everyone says he, yeah. he was class. I expect one of my dad's favourite players. Okay. <laughs> um, He's, again, way before my time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I never watched him personally because it was before my time, but Mad Letizia, every time I see any of his highlights, he looked. I don't know why he did not get a move. I'm not sure. I but 
every goal he scored looked like a worldie. It's like yeah. Harry Kane just doesn't want to remove. He's as happy being out of the club that he's at. He was a bit of a weird one. He, he was a Southampton fan. He was like boyhood Southampton. He was very comfortable there. Like all his family were there. But the big thing with him is everyone was saying he should have got a lot more England call ups than he, he actually did get. But because at the time you had the strikers like Alan Shearer, Teddy Sheringham, yeah. Robbie Fowler, Les Ferdinand, and Chris then Ian Wright, Chris Sutton as well. And then Ian Wright, we forgot about us. Yeah, right. Too, too many better players in the position at the time, wasn't there? It was, gold, it was a golden era of attacking players in the Premier League. Just couldn't really write it. How many great strikers there were at the time? And yeah, now we've got Ivan Tony and Callum Wilson um, in our squad as well, which is all fun and games. But the game's moved on from two striker formations to one striker formations as well, which is yeah. great. Um, but yeah, just before we wrap up, Lewis and Taps, do please promote your podcast and thank you for your time as well. So Taps, go first with what's going on with um, Vartrek podcast this season. What have we got? All right, guys. Um, we have a lot coming up or more consistent i know i think every time i've actually been on uh a part with you i always say that but this time we actually are um episodes every week um, studio is looking clean as well so it's good appreciate it appreciate it shout out to down to the wire they're the ones who uh, uh handle that space you know um we have a lot coming up the vibes fc don't worry, I got I got your size in. I got your size in. The show's it's probably fine. changed after a year. I've probably gone up a bit, <laughs> especially with Ramadan coming as well. So I hope I can get rid of the excess weight as well, which would be good. <laughs> yeah, we have those coming up as well. So you guys uh, keep out for that as well. But, you know, we just a lot of consistent. We have a lot of interviews coming. The CPL is uh, starting up. So a lot of episodes, episodes every week. Watch out for the Vibes FC. And yeah, guys, just connect. And, you know, we're here. Definitely. And Lewis, how about the Cookie Podcast as well? What we got coming up for the rest of the season? Yeah, we've got some exciting guests in the pipeline. We recently did our Champions League predictions, which member of the Cookie Pod, Jim, lost. So he's going to do the, if you're familiar with the Hot Ones YouTube channel, he's going to do the highest one on there, the Bomb, whilst we're oh, doing the next podcast as his punishment for not knowing ball in the Champions League. <laughs> so look forward to that one. Like I said, we've got some exciting guests in the pipeline and it's just a very similar podcast to uh, Taps and Hamza's and it's just basically a very chilled out vibe. And yeah, if you like football, you like that 100%. I'm looking forward to the guests that you've got on as well. This will be a different turn. So I'm looking forward to seeing who you've got. And obviously, like I say, if I can help you in any way, um, I will for both of you, which will be good. Um, Travis, good debut for, for yourself as well. Unlike many Spurs players who have terrible debuts um, as well, but nicely done there. And hopefully you get to um, look at this back because you'll be editing this Travis during Ramadan because I won't be doing anything so you'll be doing all the work for me which will be good fun <laughs> yeah. um, but no yeah. I'm, I'm really happy with this and hopefully everyone has been able to appreciate the five or the whole 11 aside Premier League one as well we're going to get criticised for not picking Kevin De Bruyne in either of our teams as well so yeah. that's going to that's gonna be the one um, which is good fun as well but uh, everyone thank you very much for listening Taps and Lewis thank you very much for joining us today uh, Travis I'll see you next time everyone take care and goodbye Okay.